everybody, and welcome to the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, getting better. Welcome. My name is Ben Hansen, joined by... Oh, Kyle, turn around again. And then... Kyle Hilliard! (laughs) We have Janet Garcia. Hey, what's up? Uh, Sorry, I couldn't top Kyle's. And then, wait for it... (laughs) Peekaboo! That's right! It's Leo Vader! He is here too! Alright everybody, welcome to the big show. We are talking about video games today, boy. Uh, We're talking about the big competition everybody's talking about this fall. Forget Halo Infinite versus Battlefield. What this is going to be... Oh, versus Call of Duty, I guess, is in there as well. This isn't about Call of Duty. This is about the biggies. We're talking Forza Horizon 5 versus Riders Republic. The Horizon Festival versus an entire republic. Who's coming out on top? We're talking about Inscription, talking about House of Ashes. Let me go back for a second. Leo, we are talking about Inscription, right? Have you been playing that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're talking the hell out of Inscription, House of Ashes. Then back after the show, Sarah Pazorski is going to join us to answer some wonderful community questions. Um, heads up, we are not talking about Elden Ring on this podcast. In fact, if anybody combines those words, automatic boot from the Discord call. And it's it's out of spite, right? It's out of sheer spite. No, uh, we're recording this before the Elden Ring gameplay airs. Um, Hopefully, we'll be talking about it very soon on the MinMax Show podcast. Winky, winky. Um, But if you're listening to this and you would like to see a reaction to the new gameplay, that is on our YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this... Uh, or watching this, I guess you can go to youtube.com slash minmax and check out the big reaction video there to have some more Elden Ring content. What do you think we would have said if we had seen it? Um, let's see. How loud can I shout the word wow? Like if I keep saying the word wow, will my mouth keep growing just kind of like a, a, a Photoshop paintbrush size? <laughs> like That's what I'm imagining. Cross? Yeah. We can edit it in post, I think. Absolutely. With Photoshop, we can. Well, you can edit it in post, actually. That's right. Hey, everybody. Here's what we're doing. We're also, I I buried the lead a little bit because I also want to talk about the future of video games. And look, it was kind of sparked by that whole obnoxious Mark Zuckerberg Facebook meta thing. But we don't, it doesn't need to be a Facebook conversation. Don't go anywhere, please. And it doesn't need to be a VR conversation. Do not enter the metaverse. Don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. We're just going to talk about. my eye. (laughs) I can't get this metaverse out. Anyways, we'll be talking about what we think uh, gaming in the future is going to be like. But let's kick this show off with something we like to call community kickoff, very appropriately, where we take one question from the community and move it to the tippy top of the show. Just slide it all up there. So Victor Pham wrote in, submitted a question over on Patreon, and asked a very specific question. What developer or franchise do you feel like, do you feel gave you such a good first experience that you've been chasing that first high in vain ever since? The obvious example, they say, is Supermassive from Until Dawn, or Supermassive with Until Dawn. A lot of people love that game, but nothing they've done since has quite hit the same. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later, but somebody else have a good example of, yeah, out of the gate, they got you hooked, and then it's just been diminishing returns? Uh, the one that came to, to mind for me is one that I uh, don't know if it even counts anymore, but for me it was Mercury Steam, because Castlevania Lords of Shadow is, like, fantastic. Like, one of my favorite Xbox 360 games, period. And then every subsequent release I was, like, less excited about, less excited about. Like, Lords of Shadow 2 wasn't great. 
um, the Castlevania um, DS game that also came out on Xbox Live Arcade was like okay, right? But then Samus Returns was good, and now Dread is like fantastic. Like Dread gets me back to that Lords of Shadow high, uh, but it took a while for them to get back there for me. There's a weird part of me that wants to go back to the game that they made that was launched as Raiders of the Broken Planet that they renamed. I to played S- that a little bit too. Did yeah. you? Now, now it's called Lords. Space Lords. Yeah. What, what was yeah. it? Is it good? It's it's like it's really going after that sort of destiny style of game. It's like a it's like a live service third person shooter that huh. feels good and looks it's a weird here's my weird sort of complaint about that game. I don't like the art style. I don't like the way the characters look, but it's executed really well. <laughs> like like they went in an artistic direction I didn't like. But like they really nailed that artistic direction that okay. they chose. Uh, but I just don't. I don't really like that Destiny style live service game. So I didn't. I didn't really want to keep playing it. But yeah, um, yeah. It, it plays well and looks good, even if I don't like the art. Yeah. Yeah, Janet, were you thinking until dawn with this one? No, I was actually like I read it way more holistically, so Ooh. I feel like I misunderstood the question. I was thinking of like what's something that hit and like you just haven't experienced something as good since rather than like from a specific team. Oh, I see. And if it's for something like that, it'd be like after Portal One and Portal Two, I feel like I haven't had a puzzle experience that good. Like I've had That's a lot of interesting. fun. But yeah. that fun isn't as good. Um and it was so wild to having played that game like way after the fact and just knowing that like yeah, people say this is pretty good, and then I'm like, oh, this is really good. And then that's like, that that is a pairing, just blows my mind, where it's so rare to have a masterpiece of a game, and then have, like, the second game be, like, more of a masterpiece. It's like <laughs> Portal 1's a 10, and Portal 2 is the fabled 11, which right, I think yeah. is just wild. Um, but as far you, as, like, specific franchise, I don't, not so much. Yep. Yeah. Do you think Portal 2 is the highest production value puzzle game ever made? For its time, well, how do you feel about Zelda? Well, what about even since? I don't, but no one would call that just a puzzle. Like you wouldn't be like if you like puzzle. Plenty games say, have puzzles. For your yeah. puzzle game, and someone says, "Here's Zelda." Like you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, especially That's Breath cool. of the Wild. That's a different type of puzzle. A dedicated puzzle. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you go for stuff like "Hey, Talos Principle," but it's like, yeah, no, I don't think Talos Principle <laughs> nearly hit the budget or like just the iteration. Like that's my favorite part of Portal Two. Uh, strangely enough, is just like the developers' uh, interviews after the fact, talking about just how much they iterated that story, every joke, every line. It's just ground into damn near perfection. And so, probably not. I don't know, Kyle. You're you're gaga over these darn puzzles. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can't think of it because it, it Portal Two is a, a you know a triple A game. I would call it a triple A. Oh game, yeah, of course. You know. And like I can't think of anyone who yeah dedicated exclusively around puzzles a AAA game since Portal Two and or it's even before Portal Two for that matter I don't know yeah. I, can't, I can't think of it I mean The Witness but like that's it just took a long time but I don't think you yeah. can say production value it's the same but I mean probably yeah. it's, it's be- funny because I, I was gonna say in terms of puzzle I would put something like you know Braid up there with Portal in, in terms of like how much I enjoyed it but it but it's not the same production value right like, right well you're probably forgetting about Quantum Conundrum. I mean, I know you it's like do. it's like a weird punchline now, but that do. was like Square a trying game that to I played fun. and bought the DLC for and played that as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then I flip a switch and fluffy is everything. That's the song that would play on the PlayStation Three main menu when you hover <laughs> over it. And I kept it installed for that purpose. <laughs> the greatest conundrum of all. Nice. Anyways, thank you, Victor Fan, for writing in. Uh, okay, 
let's talk about the future, everybody. Welcome to the future, as a wise game once said. Um, so Facebook had this big thing last week, and I know everybody was dunking on it on Twitter, but I just, out of curiosity. It was a barbecue sauce ad, right, is what it was? I think that's right. I think that's right. Okay, that's what I took away from it. A lot of barbecue sauce talk coming out. Oh, that's thing. right, because Mark Zuckerberg had Zuckerberg had barbecue sauce like as a bookshelf or something. As a book, <laughs> as a bookend. Yeah, bookend. Yeah, that's on his right. shelf. That is the biggest shock. Is just that idea that like this is like more Mark Zuckerberg than Social Network, the film. Like it's just like an hour and a half of Mark Zuckerberg just like talking directly to the camera. It's like. Who thinks this is okay? Who thinks this is endearing and charming in any way? It is off-putting on a thousand different levels. If I were Facebook, ten years ago, I would have said, we got to get a new guy. I don't care if Mark's <laughs> on top. We need a new face of this company. But this presentation, I watched like a 12-minute supercut of it. Yeah. But it seems like they're really trying to make him likable. And I think barbecue sauce is part of that technique because we remember his classic barbecue Facebook live stream. Right. That we still see clips from now and again. Right, right. Where, it's people, all where he says, you know, give me the Zuck. I don't know what that means. Uh, and <laughs> so the barbecue sauce, I think, is a play into that. And also they make fun of him for being a robot. He says, I thought I was the robot. And I say, you're my friend, Mark. Right, right. They're giving us opportunities. <laughs> to like him. But look, I, I, I don't want to talk about Facebook. Yeah, they renamed their parent company Meta. But that's all part of just kind of this Silicon Valley push at this point to say, hey, you think the Internet's cool? You idiots. Have you ever heard of the Metaverse? And I just cannot wrap my mind around what's happening here. The best I can come up with is there was a lot of funding for VR, and everybody was like, VR is the future. Here we go. Everybody, anybody with money, come on down. VR. And that has been a little bit disappointing. I know I'm on the podcast with three VR fans here. Obviously, there's highlights, but by and large, not the revolution that maybe some in the game industry expected at this point. And so the best I can figure is that now it's just... Okay, well, forget VR, AR, because people might see that as tainted money. What if we just call it the metaverse? And it's basically going to be the same things in some ways, just as a way to get attention and get funding and say, hey, we're a metaverse company now. We're the future, everybody. Is it as simple as that? Or is there something with the frickin' metaverse that I'm not understanding here? I'm not sure, but one interesting take that I did see on Twitter regarding this, and I forget who said it, was um, if we couldn't get people into VR when it was fun things like games, why do you think people are going to be excited when it's like sitting in a Zoom meeting? Right. (laughs) Which I think is fair. Um, But yeah, it was like it's such an odd situation to me because... I definitely would not. I feel like few people would say that they're a fan of Facebook. Like even if you right. use it, it's like fans a little strong. And the the ties with them, their involvement with Oculus, it just puts me in such a weird position because like I think the Quest is by far my favorite VR headset, my favorite VR experience. Like yeah. it's just so convenient, it's so fun, and yet it has like this big cinder block attached to it, and I'm just kind of like. Uh, it's like, I guess it's just a necessary evil now. And it's just an awkward part to be put into. Um, And then with their changing of, um, they've now made it so that you won't need a Facebook account, but you'll need like a meta account. And I'm like, am I going to make a new account? Like what's going on with this? Like, I don't, I don't like being stuck in here. They're they're also like renaming. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) They're, uh, yeah, they're like renaming things. So instead of the oculus quest in the future maybe next year i forget exactly when they said it's going to be called the meta quest now and then they're also making a high-end vr headset that's codenamed cambria um 
But yeah, the work thing is interesting that everybody is pushing like, oh no, you can just work in the metaverse now. And it's just, it is genuinely just PlayStation Home, Second Life style visuals. And like, I watched this entire Facebook presentation and the entire time I was just thinking, like, what do you want from me? What What is the pitch here? Like, what what is the action you would like me to take? Because I don't understand what it is other than believe that you have some vision for the company because you're showing me PlayStation Home trailers from 10 years ago. I mean, as somebody who adores VR chat and loves working on stuff while in Discord with friends, the idea of like being able to combine those two is actually a pretty good sell for me. I don't know how you get people who haven't done either of those things on board for it, one or either. Yeah. But I mean, the pitch to me, maybe I had a better view of it because I only had to watch 12 minutes instead of the whole hour and a half thing. (laughs) But I came away like, I would like to work like that. In a dream world where it was AR mapping my surroundings and I wasn't bumping into stuff and I could still navigate, still see what was actually in my house and didn't have to constantly put on and take off the headset. Because having played VR for a long time, like motion sickness isn't a problem for me anymore. Like I can go long term if the battery power allows for it. Like I've run out of battery power before I've run out of interest many times playing my quest too. So I am more on board for it than a lot of people, but of course suspect of anything Facebook. Yeah. I think just like in that entire presentation and in everybody talking about the metaverse, they all seem to be just glossing past the headset slash glasses factor. Everyone's just showing people like, oh, wouldn't you like to work in the mountains of the Pacific Northwest? It's like, <laughs> well, yes, but not if I have a stupid thing on my head just so I can feel slightly more connected to my coworkers. It's all just bizarre. And it's so, it was so fake also. Like this boardroom meeting where they're in space and right. one of the people there just like grabs the table and pushes off it and does a backflip. <laughs> like the implications of actually doing that in VR make no sense in any <laughs> way. Yeah, the entire thing, it felt like an opening commercial for Metal Gear Solid 4. Like, you know, you can like flip through those fake <laughs> commercials. Like that is what the entire presentation felt like. Totally. Even, even though in the middle of it, they did announce... um Something that we talked about last week on the podcast uh, about what game we'd like to see in VR. And it's like, oh, we could have come up with this one. That apparently GTA San Andreas is going to be completely playable in VR in the Oculus Quest. It's kind of the next one getting that yeah. Resident Evil 4 treatment where it's like, that's so weird. Yeah, that was, okay. That was the most exciting announcement of the yeah. whole thing for me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so the Microsoft CEO jumped on this train. Everybody's talking about the sweet metaverse. Uh, and he said in this interview, he says, I think this is a Bloomberg interview, uh, quote, you can absolutely expect us to do things in gaming. Take that to the <laughs> bank. If you take Halo as a game, it is a metaverse. <laughs> Minecraft. Hear is, me out. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft is a metaverse. And so is Flight Sim. In some sense, they are 2D today. But the question is, can you now take that to a full 3D world? And so we absolutely plan to do so. The thought of crashing my plane in VR, like if I was like first person, because like if you don't, if you're not used to playing flight simulator, like using that example, and you try to play flight simulator, you're going to crash immediately because yeah. very much is a sim. And that's fine and funny when it's like, you know, on your screen and you're, you're detached from it. But the thought of being in there and like as the plane is just spiraling out. It's a little too much, I, I think. But it, do you remember that story? There was some someone that right, like you know, first E three with VR, and they were showing it off. And there was some game that was being shown that bugged out, and it sent a player like way up into the sky. Right you about the story, it was it was like a real Lovecraftian situation where that journalist then went yeah. mad, right? 
<laughs> but it was just I, I remember hearing about the reaction of the, the people on hand to take care of everybody like freaking out being like are you okay because we don't know what's going to happen to your brain when this sort of thing <laughs> happens you know like, I think they're fine yeah yeah they were fine once they picked up the brain from the floor because it was oozing out of their ears yeah. just over their clothes over their plaid button up shirt um, okay Leo riddle me this scarecrow what do you think gaming is going to be like in 50 years? Genuine prediction. Give me the lay of the land. 50 years from now. And we all know when that is. What is it? 2071. November 3rd. If you're watching this, by the way, on November 3rd, 2071, um, say hi to all of our grandkids, which is just going to be one kid. Um, we're all going to fuse and together. tell them to visit me more. Yeah, please. Okay, Leo. <laughs> anyways, look, I've given you enough time to think. What do you think? <laughs> G- give me the roadmap here. I mean, gaming in the mainstream is barely more than 50 years old right now, right? Mm -hmm. So you can look at Pong, and you can look at games now, and you say, that's the midpoint. What's on the far side? Right. I don't know what that is. I mean, VR, to me, is the future, and that's predilected on whether it'll ever catch on at all, which is still not proven. Right. But... I don't know. To me, gaming will be something I do by putting on a headset, and then from then on, I do everything. And a headset, of course, being something that weighs nothing and is imperceptible on your face. Just suction suction glasses. Suction sunglasses is kind of... You think that 50 years from now, we're at that point? Yeah. No consoles. Just one pair of goggles called gaming that everybody <laughs> owns. I mean, do you think... So many podcasts are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! I mean, do you think that Nintendo will? No, no. What are they? <laughs> they like what? Thirty years before this, uh, Disney bought Nintendo, and I guess is using some of that IP still. But other than that, it's not a thing. Nintendo Labo VR will be the number one, the most popular thing on the <laughs> planet. It's going to be the the only console left. Yeah, I'm and sorry. It's like, it still doesn't run that well for right. some reason. The correct answer was yet. Labo VR, everybody. Um, Kyle, I don't know. Do you think Nintendo, 50 years? They've been around for like uh, 307 or something absurd. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I what Leo is describing is is not what I want and not and actually not what I think. I think VR will always be on a separate path and it will and that path will get bigger. But I think there will always be a market for playing video games on a television screen or whatever the future that is. Maybe it's just a wall in your house. Or With something. a controller. Yeah, I mean, you look at movies, right? Kind of as a sort of ex- as an example of like, we're, if you look at the midpoint of movies, like the way we sort of absorb them, the way we view them hasn't drastically changed, but the content of them has changed a lot in how they do it. I think video games will be similar. Like I still think a lot, I still think a lot of the times I'll be holding a controller in my hand and looking at a screen. Uh, I I like VR quite a bit, but I don't want it to be the wholesale future of video games. Like I still and I still get like motion stick. I still don't like how much it cuts me off from the outside. Like for me to play Resident Evil Four is like a time where I need to be like, hey everyone, I am leaving. I'm going somewhere else to play a video game. To the metaverse. I'll see you later. Tap me on the shoulder if you need me. And like I. But I would prefer to have this experience where we're like all together in a room and I'm playing a game and can still, you know, converse with the people I'm hanging around with. And VR sort of eliminates that for me, you know? It's so weird. It just, it feels like we're back in 2016 again with this talk of like, I don't want VR to take over all of gaming. And it's like, Silicon Valley has 
pushed us to the point of having to have this conversation one more time when <laughs> VR isn't exactly flourishing. It's just so diabolical with just this metaverse discussion. But it's like everybody thinks that we're going there into some hybrid of reality, but just the well, actual specifics. People, people who make YouTube videos to put online at Facebook or however they presented that thing think that but i don't think the consumer thinks that you know i think we all laughed at the metaverse thing like collectively yeah you know is this anyone really did anyone really look at that like that's not financially invested in that being the future like was anyone excited about that idea no. i don't know i mean i guess no. leo there's aspects of it that you were excited about so maybe i'm speaking out of turn here I and yeah know. i mean does the ar thing change anything for you the idea that you just put on glasses and everybody could see this one thing in the middle of the room or everybody yeah, like simulating a screen in front of me, you know, while I'm still in my house. Like, that's cool. And I'm excited about that. And I think that could be the future. Yeah. Like, I still yeah, think I always... I, Google Glass was such a crash and burn thing, but like, I kind of wanted to see where that was going to go. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you there, Kyle. Like, I feel like this is like, I feel like the cop out answer where I'm like, my view is in between, conveniently between Kyle and Leo's, you know? But I think VR is a little too intensive and not financially viable for so much of the market um mm -hmm. and even me who's like you know I, th I feel like all of us here through nature of doing this show are kind of in that more hardcore spectrum where we're like constantly immersed in it i don't know the last time i like and i like vr but i don't know the last time i played a vr game you know psvr is still very much a mess of cables which they're doing away with a little bit with vr2 even though there'll still be some wiring um but i just don't i hesitate to imagine it being like the mainstream like that but i do think having the glasses could be something where you're still playing maybe like it's still console gaming but you have like the option of having glasses or console start to come with glasses or something and you can have like additional like maybe just the ui stuff can be like on the glasses or different like layers of immersion i think the movie thing is interesting too that you brought up kyle because with the future of film like remember when 3d movies were a thing and like that's not the <laughs> You know, like, and we had the glasses and everything, and then it, and then you didn't need them, but then it was still kind of weird, and now that's not really the wave that it, that people kind of thought it was going to be. So, right, right. yeah, I don't I, really know what the. I think without financial viability, it's not going to be doable, and I don't know how low they can get that kind of price point. And for I think just like VR, AR stuff. It's so weird because like I, I think that AR is the future. It seems pretty logical, but I also am not convinced that people are going to want to put glasses on. If I could put glasses on, I'd have to see some pretty cool stuff to wear those consistently. I think it's going to be incorporated in like more subtle ways of just like, hey, um, screams and glasses. <laughs> I just, I'm laughing at you saying that you got to show me some pretty cool stuff to put on glasses because for me, and I'm assuming Janet as well. For us to see at all, we need to put on glasses. Yeah, for you, for you, <laughs> cool dorks, stuff. that's just the world. Yeah, the coolest stuff, the coolest thing we know. Um, but when I think the it's, world gets too much, I just take them off. I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> right, yeah. No, but I think it's going to be like you know, windshields and cars are going to have like GPS built in. We will have the Forza Horizon Five lines on the road showing us where to go through like glass and stuff like that. That's, I think that's, that's already, logical. Uh, that's already a little bit happening. Yeah, oh. they have heads-up displays in cars already that show miles per hour and give you icons when people are in your blind spot and stuff really? like that, for sure. Well, I guess I'm yeah. terrible at predicting the future then. This is more of predicting a couple <laughs> years ago from future car shows. Um, so, I mean, the big question is like 100 years from now, are we going to be full Matrix? Because I feel like there's this path of people racing for like, put some crap on your face. And I'm just like, 100 years from now, gaming is just going to be the equivalent of jack in the back of your spine and then you're in the digital world and it's exactly the same and you can do whatever you want. Like, does anybody think that we're not getting to that point? 
I lightly, my only hesitance with like the idea, and I think we've always been asking ourselves, like, what does it mean to create immersion in games? And I think VR in a sense is an easy answer because you're inherently more immersed in the game. Like Kyle mentioned, you can't, you know, you might step on your cat. Like there's a good chance that can happen. You know, you might knock something over. You got to kind of map it out and create a little space for yourself. So yeah, I'm only seeing the game. I can't check my phone. If I have to check my phone, I got to take off the headset and like look down or whatever. Um, So that's inherently immersing you. But I think for a lot of like a lot of the discourse and conversation around VR games, it still is so much of a separate thing from like what your console experience is like. And it's so like inherently tied to the VR experience in a way that like, I don't necessarily think that we're getting always better design or ideas out of VR necessarily. You just kind of get like a different experience. And sometimes those two meet in the middle where people will say, this game's just really well designed and it's great in VR and maybe the, you know, like Astrobot or Tetris effect. But I think immersion and innovation comes from more than just, I can't see anything else and I'm in here. I also think people overestimate, especially like outside looking in from gaming, the gaming community, people overestimate how much I want to be in the game. Like I like playing games because I can do things I can't normally do. I'm not about to run around in Breath of the Wild all day. Like that's, you but know, if like you I had, think if it's too immersive, it's kind of exhaustive. But if you had that Matrix plug-in, and look, I don't think it's literally going to be something that you jack into your brain or something. It's going to be something that hijacks your brain's feed in some twisted way that could actually put you in the world of Breath of the Wild. And you wouldn't be like replicating the movements like, you know, the film version of Assassin's Creed or some nonsense like that. It would just be like you, your brain would be convinced you were there. Like, you don't think you would do that? You don't think that'd be the future of gaming? That seems like a lock. Seems scary. <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be really intense. That's that's going to be the point. But, like, I just, in my lifetime, I want to get to that level of, here's just a digital version of the world. You can't die. Go nuts. And to be able to, like, oh, crap, can I jump from this? I know this is very Matrix. Can I actually jump from this building to that building over there? On my first it, try. On my first try. That's right. First try only. <laughs> no, but just like, I, 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 I always think that like, you know, maybe, I don't know if it's a, some dark thoughts or something, but like hike it on a mountain or something. It's like, what if I just jumped off right now? Like what would happen? Or could I technically swing from that thing over there to that thing over there? And I want to get to the point in the future where that is just the world. It's like, all right, let's jump into quick matrix version. And let me see if I can actually physically do that. Okay. No, I, I totally, by the time I hit retirement age, I really hope something like that exists. I've totally thought about that. Do you it's think, perfect. do you think it will? Cause it seems tough for 50 years, right? Maybe. I don't know. Those increases seem exponential sometimes. Like it almost gets faster and faster. Certain things plateau. So it's hard to predict, but I yeah. think it's possible. Kyle, am I nuts? Are we going to be matrix gaming in what? 70 years? Maybe. I don't know. I, I think Janet's point, though, is like hobby is inherently lazy. Like a, mm. a lot of fun of it is is going for a hike without having to walk. Like taking Link across Hyrule is fun because I don't expel any energy doing it, really. I just right. get I just get the exciting part of it. And the, and your Matrix version does seem like a lot of effort. Um, but <laughs> no, but if know. it's but what if it's you feel as if you are doing it, but you have unlimited energy and it's not actually stressing your muscles. Yeah, you think they, to hold the controller. It, then, right? So it is or like my, a passive experience, no. kind of. Yeah. No, it's in my, you're brain, my brain's controlling it. Yes, yes, and it's not even air okay. that you're breathing there, Kyle. Like you can't get winded. Okay. By the way, this is what uh, Ready Player Two is about. And I, oh, I'm not the Ready Player One book Damn sequel. It. It's like. Yeah, you go catatonic and you have this thing that fools your brain into living reality and people film 
sort of like they what they do is they film reality and then they upload that for you to experience in the most hyper realistic VR simulator. Yeah, that's what I want. And the saddest, <laughs> Leo, I feel like you in particular would really think this is sad. But the saddest thoughts I've had too is like, <laughs> this is maybe it's not that sad, but it's like uh, that version of you have digital version of reality and then like yeah, maybe you got to pay for it. Who knows? But also you could choose like any era. So it's like you could go back and just like fully live in early 90s life. I mean, <laughs> this is just <laughs> basically it's, it's, it's as sad as like saying I want to crawl back in the womb. I feel like it's one notch removed yeah. from that. But it's like I, I think that's going to be a thing. I want to watch new episodes of Seinfeld live. Yes, and I want all those old commercials. And there'll be like a mad dash to try and figure out how many of those old commercials people have on VHS tapes so we can possibly do perfect recreations of all that stuff. Anyways, that's the future, everybody. I was, uh, real quick, I've been watching um, uh, The Good Place, re-watching The Good Place, the TV show recently, and they have a bit where they basically have a VR system uh, in the real world, and what it is is you put in headphones and there's a tone that tricks your brain into thinking that like Ooh, that's good. you're in this like new reality and I was like that's a cool idea that's not glasses that's just you put it in your ears I like that <laughs> that's a fun idea and, and, and by the way we're heading off everybody in the comments who's saying what if we're already living in that simulation yes I know I know but we are the point is I you always want to gloss hurt. over simulation theory what are you afraid of I'm just scared <laughs> of the truth Janet it hurts too much <laughs> no I'm on board with y'all don't worry about it uh, alright let's jump to actual games here games we're playing now I'd argue this game looks so good it's like it's from the future but uh, Forza Horizon 5 everybody uh, the big Microsoft game this fall other than Halo Infinite and other than the Fantastic Age of Empires 4, which is still good. Check it out, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying it. Um, okay, Kyle and Leo, you've played some Forza Horizon 5. Okay, and Janet, you've seen previews, but you've not played it yet because your Xbox exploded? Yeah, um, I made... This is, like, not an interesting story, but, like, I got code, like, a day or two ago, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna install it, but the Microsoft Store is down for, on my thing, and they're like, you gotta update, I'm like, cool, I'm gonna update, then I forgot to install it, then I woke up this morning, I'm like, it's cool, I'm gonna install it, I'm gonna play it, but then the store was still broken, and I had to, like, Google the answer, and then reset the console, and then, and then finally get it to install, and then they're like, oh, this game's massive, so it's like, I'm like, okay, the show's in, like, <laughs> yeah. two hours, and this downloads four and a half hours, so I'm currently downloading it, and okay. very eager for what I'm gonna hear, and then I get to play what I hear. It Not is, like VR, but close enough. <laughs> that's true. Uh, it is a beast. Um, but this is your first Horizon game, Kyle and Leo? Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I fell in love with three, and then I really enjoyed four, um, but I'm very curious to hear your take. Let's see. Oh, God, Janet, who do we start with? Who do we ask first what they think of this game? Just say it at the same time. Like one word. Yeah, What's one word to summarize Forza Horizon 4. Okay, three, two, Five. one, go. Yes. Yeah, confusing. <laughs> what? Really? What? <laughs> it I is the opposite of both of those things. I was going to say good. Like good, but that's boring. But I, the, there is an element okay. of it I find confusing. Wait. Leo, what I is... I thought it was perfectly sufficient, but all right. <laughs> You're a maniac, Leo. What is your take on it, man? Um, it seems to me like the best version of what it could be, which is... <laughs> it's just everything. Well, it's... yeah. If you like racing games. <laughs> I like if that the, like I like cars, the XP system games, as you're yeah. going. I like how fast you're unlocking new cars, the wheel spinning, you know, the... The connectors, the urges to do new content are there, except I just don't really like doing the driving still. It's great driving, but I just don't want to do it. 
that's so weird. Like to me, yeah, there's something magical about Forza Horizon where it doesn't even feel like a racing game. It's like it is just a driving game. It is just an open world RPG where the core idea is driving and we're just going to throw endless content. And for me, the thing that I still love about the series is it is just such a smooth on-ramp, at least for me, of like, hey, it's just going to be cool and impressive. You're always going to be racing. You're never going to be stopping. You're always going to be doing something. Here's more activities. Here's more activities. It's the ultimate podcast game. But Kyle, I'm curious about you being confused by it. Yeah, I mean, also, I'm not really confused about the base game. The thing that I was confused by was like every time you enter a race, I was like racing against all my friends. Like all my <laughs> friends were racing. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I yeah. don't think anyone else has this game. I'm really confused. And then also over time, I was like, okay, I guess it's just plastering their usernames on other cars, which is fun. Like, that's cool. It's, it's more fun to, to race against a fake version of my friend Aaron yeah. than, you know, car number 12. And but then I ran into you. Yeah, Kyle, you're disrespecting the okay. good name of Drivatar, please. A little respect on it. <laughs> it's the is that a James Cameron thing? Or? Yeah, that's right. That? Please look forward to it. Okay. But then the thing that happened was, I guess I ran into you out in the real world. Yes! And you, and you were like, let's race. And I was like, is that Ben? Or is that just like a, is that a, is that like an AI? That's and then so the, the only reason that I figured out it was you is because like you just kept going forward and backward while I guess you were waiting for me to accept. I, and I was like, was, okay, I think that's a real person. But then we started racing and I swear you went in the complete opposite direction. I was also like, confused by that. I was also confused. Yeah, okay, it was like and a, I was like, I'm just going to follow the path, but he's going the other way. So I guess uh, maybe this is AI or something. It was I like a reverse spy party situation where I knew you were probably confused about the drive avatars, and then jumping in, it was like, how do I convince Kyle that this is actually me here right now? Because playing pre-release, <laughs> like it's oh my god, they have so many multiplayer events that just isn't really an option at this point for us. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be flooded, and we're all going to be playing the battle royale once that opens up and stuff. Yeah, so it was like me just trying to somehow convince you by like honking erratically me. Yeah. but yeah it is weird i had an objective that was different than you and like i also this is probably just pre-release stuff too but i also had a weird bug where at least i think it's a bug because normally what's beautiful is just with your d-pad you can just hit like hey left i want to race bring me to the next race or up or down or whatever the hell it is i want accolades which is kind of just the way that you unlock even more stuff in the game and more events and stuff like that but it's not giving me the normal tracking that it normally does for those accolades. It's doing that for you, right? Like, it's just showing you the path directly there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, yeah, because I went back to four just to double-check, and it's like, okay, yeah, it actually is still there. So I assume it's just a weird bug with, with some pre-release version yeah. of it. But but uh, I, I do like how it really just throws the, the opening of the game. The first, like, I don't know, 20 minutes are very cool. Isn't it awesome? Like, you're just, like, jumping around the world in different cars. And then it's, like, it's really good at just being, like, you know, here, here's a bunch of stuff for you to do without being overwhelming. You know, it's like there's a race nearby. You can go do that. That's really good. But like, I'm kind of with, with Leo in that, like, you know, racing is like, is cool, but like, I don't know anything about cars and like all the unlocks are cars. Like I drive a Mazda and I was like, okay, I guess I'll just like go for (laughs) Mazdas, but they didn't have anything that looked like my Mazda. So I was like, well then I don't, I don't know. I don't really care about any of these cars. I I think like, I think that's the beauty of the game is you don't need to care about the cars. I'm not some weird car fetishist. Well, I, I just want, love that thing is, is <laughs> I guess, but like I don't want to unlock anything then. Like what's the incentive really? I don't know. I mean, I guess hey, you and get some and faster like, stuff. I'm being very negative because I'm just not a that much of a car person. I'm not I mean, either. If you're like a slightly <laughs> bit of a car person. I think there's something exciting here for you. I mean, I That's, guess I, me too. I don't want to poo-poo it too much because I haven't historically liked driving games. I didn't think I would like this. Got a free code for it. Said let's see what this Forza thing's all about. 
but yeah, driving for me is just like it's like if it was a running game. It's like you kind of just you go or you don't. <laughs> like I don't understand. It's a little simple. But there's know, so much absurd stuff. Like if you've been doing some of the side objectives and stuff like that, like hey, run around these Aztec ruins and pop some pinatas or go plant seismic chargers on the volcano and weird stuff like that like it's not just simple boring racing yeah i went off a little jump and on accident not realizing it was like a measured thing and it said you're in the top 100th percent of people who did this jump and that made me feel pretty good hell yeah man but yeah no i did a few races and then yeah i was like i pulled up the map zoomed out looked around and was like yeah i don't really feel like i want to do any of this damn it Um, leo this was the chance What's the funkiest thing like y'all have done in the game? Because I know like playing like Forza Horizon 4, like Forza Horizon 4, when you like race a train, like I think that's that's really cool. And then my other question is, (laughs) how has the diversity of environments been? Because in the um, in the trailers and stuff, it didn't like I was I'm curious about their approach because it's like Mexico and a lot of those streets are traditionally like very tight. (laughs) But obviously it's a game, so they probably, you know, take some creative liberties there. But like how diverse do the environments feel? I'll take the second question first, Janet, if that's allowed, ma'am. Um, yes. I love the environment so far. Um, yeah, just playing three, f- three and four, it is my favorite out of the batch. I have a soft spot in my heart for Australia and three, but I think like there's so much variety going on here. There's not, there are a couple towns, I guess, but I haven't really spent too much time in them yet. It's mainly just been going through cornfields and jumping off volcanoes, and it's just hilly and interesting. And so I, I think it's. It's the most fun environment I've played with in a Forza game. I think it's awesome. And they, yeah, they play up the, the Mexico angle a little bit. You know, they got like, when the race starts, it says go. And there's like the upside down exclamation point at the start. Like they got, they're trying to lean into that one. And like, even out of the gate, they're very big on like, Mexico's beautiful and welcoming to everybody. They're really trying to like bend over backwards to be like, we also love Mexico. We're not mocking it by taking these ramps off the Aztec ruins, we swear. It's <laughs> all this pinata. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know. It's a tough line to walk. What else was weird, uh, speaking of being welcoming, is like it, it knows my name. Like it yes. speaks Kyle, which I never selected, right? It just pulled it from like my username or whatever. So it, it freaked me out. When it was like, all right, Kyle, let's get on the road. Like, <laughs> what? Wait, how do you, you don't know me. You can't call me by my name. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, it's weird that it just picks it up. I feel like I selected it at some point. So I was wondering if it was like importing it from somewhere else. But it's like, it should be the least surprising thing in the world that Microsoft knows our first name. It's like, oh, you yeah. naive little baby. Do you think that's notable? Um, but then like I liked uh, creating the character. And I forget if it was in four. But it was really exciting to see in this one, there are so many prosthetic options. And it's like, hey, that's cool for like, you know, letting people represent themselves. Also, it's just like, well, this is just a way to make my character look so much cooler is to have like three badass prosthetic limbs with like cool patterns on it. But like also Halo Infinite, like a little test period there. They're also very big into representing prosthetic limbs. So I hope this is a new future for all customization, not just for the, you know, seeing yourself in the game and stuff, but also it's like, yeah, you just make your character look cooler if they have sweet looking arms and legs. This is a win-win. Um, Leo, do you like the environment so far? Yeah, it's obviously like any driving game, it's the prettiest game ever made when it yes. comes out. Like it's yep. insanely good looking. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, Kyle, I was really hoping that you would go gaga over this game because it's Playground, obviously the same team that's going to be making the next Fable game. I know you're a Fable fan, but I was hoping that like yeah. some of those just simple car PG hooks would, would sink their teeth into you with this oh. one. I, 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 ha- I had that in the back of my head while I was playing, and it does, like, it is, they do a good job of, like, 
you get like sort of you know experience points for just doing about anything. Like right. You run over right. five cactuses and it's like, oh, you, hey, you really like running over those cactuses, huh? Here's five experience points. It's a smack and like, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it does it does make me excited for um for what they do with Fable. Like, but just, but only, but most, more just because like, I think like you play that game and it's like, there's clearly like these guys know what they're doing. Like, they know how to make a really functional, good looking game. Yeah. And I'm excited to see them do a different genre. Like, I think that's going to be really cool. Oh. You know, even if it wasn't Fable, if it was just something different with that sort of know-how, that would be exciting. It's extra exciting because I like Fable so much. Yeah, I just feel like of all the dev teams, uh, I feel like Playground maybe doesn't get enough credit. Like, it's only been three years since yeah, the last Forza Horizon, and there's so much content in this game. It's like, this could just be my game for the rest of the year, realistically, just keep hitting the D-pad and keep finding new activities and all this stuff. Um, but, like, especially when you compare it to, and I'm not pointing fingers at nobody, but this freaking Gran Turismo, like taking so long between each release and this team is just bam, 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 bam. Here's a ton of content. Here's just absurd over the top fun in a racing game over and over again. Um, I just I love Playground. Um, but Gran Turismo is a sim, like a realistic sim. though. Right. So like they have a whole different audience that they have to cater to. Like you have to be able to when it rains on the course, you have to be able to change the tires in a way that are going to feel realistic to someone who follows like f1 racing but that's like, forza horizon is like we have a rewind to <laughs> like not not to say that it's easier to make forza horizon yeah that's still a very impressive franchise but i think like to the trained eye to impress someone with motorsport you really gotta bring it i i don't know what percentage of the audience is that at this point because you can still do fine tuning on the like cars in here like, <laughs> i guess it's rob Zachary. yeah like i don't know but like if you really zoom in you can still do enough tweaking here where it's like again i'm the complete opposite of a car guy but at a certain point it's like i don't know what else you want than <laughs> all the tweaking and like zooming in and playing around with the cars you can do in this game if you really want the car to. tuning menu was staggering yeah like changing your tire pressure to <laughs> optimize up <laughs> right you know, right, right. i was like yeah i just want my handling to be a little better what what a slider do i use <laughs> Um, do you guys get know. into the uh, check out the horns available? Oh, they've been upping those, so it's just like the horns you beep or like horns the like horn animal. Again, if if people aren't clear, Kyle's not a, a car guy, so um, <laughs> like yeah, beep beep. the the horns you beep on a car, yeah, they have hundreds of options <laughs> here, and it's always in like that roulette thing, and you can like win them, you know, uh, spin a wheel, whatever the hell it's called. Um, but it's just it's so fun. They have like. Uh, your horn can be the halo shield recharge sound, Kyle. Like the brrrr. Uh, it can be <laughs> the most obnoxious, which is the Windows 10 error notification sound. Like a <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I really want to play online and just like spam that error sound. You know, the one you accidentally hear on podcasts all the time during uh, the pandemic. Oh, yeah. um, also, you can have it be like the, the priest conversion from Age of Empires, which I'm a big fan of. So it's like the sound. Like it's just, it's good, silly, good, silly mic. Microsoft fun, y'all. Check it out. Um, yeah, I am going to be playing a lot more of this. I really love Forza Horizon 5 so far. But there was a moment where when you asked Janet about like the craziest thing that happened so far, it's like I haven't really raced the train yet or anything like that or the equivalent in this one. But early on, um, they really play up the idea of like the Horizon Festival. Isn't this crazy? We've got a copter now. Things are getting wild. Boy, Horizon, this festival's nuts. Um and then they're like, what? Is that really a wingsuit driving next to your car? And it's like flying next to your car. It just made me think like, ah, this is probably lame for people that have been playing Riders Republic. Because it's like, you get to look <laughs> at a cool guy in a wingsuit. Isn't that something? Uh, so I assume you're, you're more into this Riders Republic thing, Leo? 
I am goo goo gaga over it. Really? Full on baby mode. <laughs> it's turned me into a damn baby. Oh my god. It's, <laughs> it's really the quintessential uh game I love and I'm so happy I'm not don't have to review. Because like the attitude is so annoying. Oh. None of the characters are worthwhile. Every I've got the voice volume dialed way down, down to single digits. <laughs> The, and yeah, like, you know, this, it's going for a very goofy style. Every outfit you can get is some goofy mascot outfit. There's very little for people who want to like make their snowboard guy look cool. Right. But the actual racing, the actual events and stunts and all the different sports, I just adore. And bouncing between them is so, so fun. Yeah. So for people that may not remember, this is the Ubisoft game. Open world racing? No, I guess. Is it open world? What would you call it's it? It's open world. Okay. Open world yeah. extreme it, sports? Are they extreme? I oh, guess they're extreme. extreme. Oh, they're, they're extreme. extreme. Uh, I guess if wingsuit isn't yeah. extreme I mean, enough for you, Jenna. This is all I'm seeing, like the this bicycle, is, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. It's going downhill This is actually a compliment to the game where sometimes it actually doesn't, at least for me, doesn't feel open world because it's so easy to fast travel around and just go straight to the race. Yeah. Which I really love. Like, it's awesome to be like, I kind of want to ride a bike now. Where's the nearest bike race? Oh, I'll just, oh, it doesn't even have to be the nearest one. I'll just zip across the map and go to that. You so, know? in the great war that's divided our beautiful world, Kyle, you're also on Team Riders Republic here. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, um, I love, so I love downhill, <laughs> uh, biking weirdly. Like, there was this PS2 Same. game called Downhill Domination. Yeah. That, like, I was, I was working at GameStop and I was like, this looks weird. I'm going to take it home because you, know, you can take home games from GameStop. You could rent them. And it was one of those games that I started playing, and I was like, oh my god, it's been five hours. I've been playing Downhill Domination, this PS2 bike racing game. And this is like, this is scratching that itch. And then when I switch over to snowboarding, it's scratching that SSX itch, which is like, it's great. Like, I'm really, I'm really having a good time with it. <laughs> oh, I mean, very, I, I got a lot of itching that needs like, scratching. I'm in so much pain, like yeah. constant, like it's so distracting. <laughs> it's so hard to record the show. Um, on that note, Kyle, did you play Lonely, Lonely Mountains Downhill on Xbox? Yeah. Uh, Yes, but that's and I did like that game, but it's okay. a little bit different than it's um, oh, yeah. than you know downhill domination in this. That that right. one's like borderline puzzle game where like the Riders Republic is like go as fast as you can downhill on a bike, and yeah. if you crash, you just mash that B button as much as you can and keep going. See, I don't know if, if it's just something about Ubisoft design, but I also have that SSX itch. I mean, it's like full body and poison ivy SSX level itch to the point that, and look, I know. This is a serious claim, but I have on Game Pass gone back to that SSX game from 2011 multiple times <laughs> just to see if it can just solve that wound a little bit. And no. Um, and so playing Red Republic the entire time, I just want it to be a new SSX so badly. And it's like, ah, there is snowboarding in there. It's not going to feel as good as my memory of SSX playing. But then also there's a lot of over-the-top obnoxious stuff. Because, Leo, yeah, you talk about that tone. And I know... You can you can mute it. It's not overwhelming, but like, who is this for? Who is it? Janet, <laughs> have you seen this game by the way in action? Have you heard this tone yet? What the Rise of Republic? Yeah, yeah I played like two, three hours of it. Okay, so you've heard plenty of this nonsense of them just being like, "Hey, Stoke Seekers, hey, holy shizzwizzle," <laughs> is an actual quote from that game. Did you do the uh, VO for this? You have yeah. the voice for it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's like, hey, everybody, we got it. I just wrote down about everything they said. Got to get your dine on before you get your ride on. And they have like fake talking to camera. Yeah, you would say that all the time. That's like a normal I thing. I know that you would I would say, say but I just don't like to be on this show. He was like, it's time to get your dine on. <laughs> I just don't want to see myself represented in games, is all. I don't. I just, I just, okay. the entire time experiencing it, I was just thinking about how thankful I was for how 
relatively cool and tranquil the Horizon Festival is compared to the tone of the Republic. Um, yeah. You asked who this is for, and I'll say I was watching a Twitch stream uh, to get free drops to get some cargo shorts for my Riders Republic character. <laughs> oh boy, and the, hey, that's story. the future of gaming right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the streamer who uh, was streaming, who I have never seen before, and certainly will never watch again. Uh, he <laughs> heard the in-game voice guy, one of the many in-game voice guys, call something pimptacular, and he said. <clears throat> <laughs> Pimptacular. I like this guy. Oh no! <laughs> so was for him. I, oh. uh, that's I would tab out so fast. I'm like, I don't think I'm safe in this yeah, street. Give me my subs but, back. I need these cargo shorts. I, I do. Yeah. It's I don't like, even I wear them. Any, anything for the shorts. All those pockets. You can't pass it up. No, I mean, for what it's worth, I I didn't har- like. It did not stand out to me negatively. It definitely sure. wasn't a positive, but I kind of. I take like all of that narrative dressing as just kind of fodder for getting into the actual stuff. And I'm like, ah, it's a little cheesy, but I've played a lot of cheesy games. So it's yeah. like, this is just, you know, it, but I, I do think it is a stark difference from like the tone that Forza Horizon takes where it's a little more like, you know, throwing you into the world of your a semi-professional versus in like this kind of street racing thing. Yeah. And Riders Republic is like, what if you came through and we just like did a bunch of stuff and it was crazy and like yeah it's kind of like I don't know it 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 maybe in a way it's a broy idea so it has like bro vibes but as far as the gameplay I also was obsessed with the biking the biking is definitely my favorite part of it mm. um, part of that might be because I am uncoordinated <laughs> admittedly I'm like I cannot really do these tricks super well I do really like to they give a lot of options for you can sort of have the tricks set to auto land or you can do the landing yourself for like oh, extra interesting. points um, I think that freedom is really cool so that if you're like me and you're uncoordinated, you can just turn that on. But if you're also like me and you're stubborn, you can turn it off and do your best. Um, the only thing I wasn't a fan of, and again, I'm only a few hours in, was the wingsuit. I just found it just a little nauseating for me to like go through it. Like I just couldn't get the right speed. I was knocking into trees, but I also, I think I just bad at wingsuits because in Far Cry 6, whenever I got in that wingsuit, I would just hit a tree and then die. I just stopped using it after a while. <laughs> well, the good news so is that's actually, that problem. it's not your problem. It's in, I think it's the wingsuit basic design. I think 40% of the people who have tried in a wingsuit in real life have died. It feels like a right <laughs> fact. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is it is cool though like in the, in the opening in the opening like something I do like about this game is the environments and again I, I'm like I seriously like an hour into this game like barely any so please everything with a huge grain of salt but like it's cool to be like jetpacking around Bryce Canyon and stuff where it's like oh I was just there a couple years ago and like this is a really awesome environment to experience this in yeah I I feel like the core issue when we're if because the name of the segment in the slack was forza horizon 5 versus riders republic <laughs> that's right that's right the core thing is like i don't feel anything playing forza and i cannot stop feeling things in riders republic i am always on the edge of my seat especially in like multiplayer mass races and the trick battle mode i think has a lot of depth that i've gotten really into with my friends really it's like the graffiti mode in tony hawk where you kind of tag a spot with a trick to put it your team's color but it has the added thing of it's split into districts and if you capture every spot you lock the district and get a huge point multiplier when you're in there so it becomes about like playing defense to stop them from capturing a district while your team works to capture your own and it's like tactics on top of really trying to hit this really specific grind yeah and stuff like that makes it really feel like there's a high skill ceiling to this game and i love that it's 
separate between sports. Like you're getting better at all these different activities within this one extreme sports package. Damn it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think part of that is, you know, if your friends are playing Writers Republic, which it was really smart of Ubisoft to give out like that four hour trial and stuff like they're they're doing everything right to try and get people into this game. I'm curious to see how it's going to end up selling and the player count and stuff. But to be fair, you're also playing Forza Horizon 5 pre-release without multiplayer really in there and that's so much of the experience right is being able to enjoy that with friends but sure um yeah i mean one thing we didn't really talk about much with forza was like it does do a really good it's not like a new thing necessarily but it does a really good job of like showing you what your friends are doing yeah and being like hey you know you've only discovered two fewer locations than dan reichert you're gonna stand for that and it's like right. yeah i'll go try to find some more locations sure you know and it, yeah. it does a good job of that yeah i'll, I'll go back to register public Leo, I'll give it another whirl. Once you're past two to three hours out of there, you get a lot less, a lot fewer cutscenes, okay. a lot less dialogue. Okay, all right. That's all I want for my racing games is less dialogue, everybody. More good podcast and gameplay. I think, too, just really quick before we move on, like one thing I really loved about it, and I'm definitely, even though I haven't checked out Forza Horizon 5 yet, I am more in the Horizon camp. Like I want to drive around and easily rewind. I also don't like really that the rewind in Riders Republic, you have to tap it. I don't want to be tapping that thing. Like, I just huh. want to hold it. I just okay. want to hold it and go back. Like, the fact that you have to spam it to oh, get back on the I'm track. I, I don't have to tap. Can you hold it? I've been tapping this whole so. time for no reason. If you right, hold it, you mind. go back further, I think. I think or you so. mash B yeah. to just get up and not rewind. Maybe. Maybe. But the huh. get up, I find a little harder to use for me. That might just be a me thing, though. Um, but, yeah, I'm just generally more interested in Forza Horizon, like, conceptually than Riders Republic. But one thing I really loved in Riders Republic for my, like, first few hours with it was there are these, like, areas, and again, I love the bike more than anything, there are these areas where they're kind of, like, um, they're sort of, like, trials, like the trials games, where you have to, like, work your way through an obstacle course, and you huh. have, like, a time limit, and there's one that, I don't know where all the other ones are located, but there's one that you can do that's in the camp itself, and it was by far the most fun I had in that game, and I was just thrilled to, like, have to figure out how to, you know, jump over these, like, bricks, and then go across a tree, and then I'm, like, at one point you're, like, on the top of the huge, like, mega screen they have announcing all this stuff, and I just thought that stuff was super, super fun and creative, um, and there's also just an insane amount of content in this game. I'm definitely not a... I want a million hours for my $60 person. But if you are, there is like so much user created stuff. Like there's a lot to do. If you, if you enjoy the core gameplay of it, which is very solid, you're going to have limitless fun available to you, which is uh, kind of impressive. Like there's just so much to do. And I think it's really amazing that they have one kind of basic control scheme across like multiple sports. So it is so easy to jump between, even if you're better at some or more interested in some than others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Riders Republic, everybody, available on everything but Switch. Um, also not on Steam. It's that uh, Epic Game Store exclusive that Ubisoft is still still kissing the ring over there. Um, let's see, uh, real quick, or for hours, really. I mean, there's no limits to podcasting. Um, Inscription is a game that seems like it's tough to talk about. So no spoilers here, uh, but it is a horror deck building game. But just like VR, don't go, don't go. Uh, there's more going on here, and it's actually a cool, larger mystery thing. Is that the best way yeah. to describe Inscription? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. I mean, it really is a thing of, like, deck builder at this point. There are still great ones coming out, but it's like, how do you stand out in that genre? Yeah. And this really floored me how much it stands out as a deck builder. Like, really? the deck building is almost secondary to the 
adventure you're going through <laughs> which yeah every steam review is like yeah don't spoil anything and i if you want i can spoil things that happen in the first 10 minutes to give you a sense of what is weird about it i don't know janet you've played it do you think it's worth spoiling the first 10 fine. minutes yes because i only played i played two hours of it and i still feel like even though i know that there is story stuff i don't personally feel like i have a big grasp of the story even two hours in so i think just explaining it yeah is fine same yeah but it's like you're going against this creepy figure you can barely see who's kind of running this campaign and playing all the people you're going up against and he hands you these cards and one of them starts talking to you <laughs> this That's is like so sketchy <laughs> the way you're describing it i'm like if i didn't play this i'd be like what the hell are you talking about it is weird and it's very creepy it's a creepy unsettling atmosphere it's almost like return of the obra din in that it's like 3d graphics from a time before 3d graphics were really a thing right. it's kind of the vibe it's going for yeah um and yeah the character the card is talking to you and that kind of expands from there because the, i play i played the first 15 20 minutes of the game and I, I was just trying to figure out where it's going and it's like it's not all deck building there's there's it's a larger thing happening here yes and yeah the card talking to you you know plays into what you're doing and how you feel about it in a really interesting way and there's just a lot of uh surprises that people who don't like deck builders will like so it's, it's also like a roguelike right yeah there's definitely some random elements and it's cool how the story kind of elements like the talking card plays into that and feels all very organic even though it's random interesting yeah so it's like okay if you like hearthstone or other deck building games horror games or just kind of mystery puzzle games honestly yeah okay it's, it's that, more it's, like learning the mechanics yeah. of a specific puzzle because it like doesn't at least, I mean, I've played a few card games. I haven't played them all. Maybe it is exactly like one I haven't played. But yeah. it feels more like I'm learning the rules of this puzzle game. And then they throw in new twists consistently. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't like roguelikes. And I don't like card games. And I don't really play a lot of horror. So I went into this being like, I just I just be playing stuff just to see what happens. Like, a lot of times I'm like, yeah. I don't think I'll like this. Guess what? I did not. Okay, cool. <laughs> we all learned something here. But I went into this on... Um, Blessings recommendation. A lot of people were talking about it, and I'm like, Devolver Digital is generally cool. So yeah, let's see what. Let's give it a go. Um, and my thing with card games, and again, I feel like I'm selling myself as like the dumb gamer here, but it just be wanting me to read too much stuff and learn too much at once, and I get really overwhelmed and bored by a lot of card games because I'm like, look, this is too like. If you're the the vibe of sitting around with friends in real life and then someone reads you that long manual of a board game, I'm yeah. like, I don't know what's going on. I didn't hear a thing you said. Let's figure it out together. I think this does such a good job at onboarding you really slowly because it starts like literally the um, the character you're sort of playing against who kind of invites you into this game and they're just a set of eyes in the shadows. It is quite literally a tutorial at the beginning where this character is like, okay, I'm going to show you how to play this. This works like this. And then this thing works this way. We have the scale. You want the scale to go in my side. And you kind of it's it's pretty simple. Fair. Yeah, it's fairly easy to learn. And what I like about it is, one, the ease of understanding it two the kind of uh, cutesy brutality of having to, like, sacrifice your cards to play other cards. And then you're starting to think, you know, and it, it has this fun thing where you're drawing from, like, two different um, stacks. It could be like a, 
kind of a fodder enemy, like a pawn kind of, or like a random card. So then you have to think of like, okay, well, I think I'm going to use this item first. You also have items in your inventory that you pick up along the way that you can like use to, um, you know, put things in your favor. There are boss battle elements. It's really well designed, really easy to understand. And just really fun to just strategize. And the fact that some of the cards can talk to you as like a personality element, like it's just good as hell. Yeah. Kyle, have you seen people raving about Inscription? Uh, yeah. And I, like it was a lot of people are like, this is my game of the year. Hands yeah. down. Including I was like, like, all right, I got to check this out. And I was like, card game is like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind like, of with you. Honestly, like I don't even like Hearthstone. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, is this, is this, Will it win me over? Like you know, I'm I'm always open to like playing the the one game that wins me over. Could this be the one? I don't know. Yes, I, I'm asking. I, I, I would like to know. I'm skeptical, yes. <laughs> Kyle, because I'm in that same camp as you. Where it's like I appreciate Hearthstone, but didn't really get into it. And I I think I'm probably done with Inscription, but I also appreciate it. And I, like you, I'm seeing so many people rave about it. Like Shuhei Yoshida from PlayStation. He's like, oh, absolutely, game of the year contender. And it's like that good. Huh? Okay. I think even to call it a deck builder is kind of giving implications of what it is that aren't totally accurate you know what you might form in your mind like there's no a lot of the stuff about deck building is you know setting up combos for yourself and calling your deck when you have too many cards and getting the ones that aren't helpful to you out of there and stuff that of smart people with big brains not talking about myself other people right really get into and this i think is a much simpler version of that like i'll run out of cards and be like oh yeah my deck's only like six cards and it's very manageable yeah. that way. It really does feel more like a puzzle game than a card game to me. It just happens to use cards That's, as its huh. input. Puzzle horror that is really good. Like those three things are very enticing to me. All but, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I want to try it. All right. Maybe this will be the one. Maybe uh, this will be the the undermine that that gets me over the roguelike. <laughs> That's right. It's happened before. God bless undermine. Yeah. Inscription is the name of that game. You can see the description. Uh, I was just about to mention. I'm like it's spelled weird. I'm guessing that was like. A legal reason? <laughs> well, it's a crypt, I think, it's maybe what they're no going reason. for. But yeah, Inscription. Check, check out the description of this uh, <laughs> podcast, and it's in there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, only available on Steam right now. It's yeah, from Daniel Mullins, sim creators, Pony Island and the Hex and stuff. But check it out. A lot of good hype. Um, Kyle, um, I saw your daughter kicked on that door. Is that your cue that you have to go? A cue. Okay. She needs homework help. Okay, bye, Kyle. Bye. Bye, Kyle. Welcome, Sarah Pazorski. Hello. Hello, thank you for being here. Um, how, how are you with homework? We've been meaning to ask you. Oh, no. No, you don't have to do any. That's what <laughs> Kyle left to go do. Were you good at school? Like, you gotta define good at school. Uh, Did I make it through school? Yeah. Absolutely. Did I attempt the bare minimum to make it through school at a high rate? Absolutely. But there's, GPA? Yeah, GPA, please. Uh, in high school, it was a four. Isn't and that in college it was so like it was, a 3.8. Hang on. That's really high. Wait, isn't that like max score for high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Wait. I didn't try. I didn't like All right. Over- it was oh, hard. Okay. Stop. Get off the call. What? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even try. That was bare minimum. Oh, like four? Is that like as high as it goes? energy over here. <laughs> oh, hole in You're one like on a par five? Black cake wall? <laughs> I worked so I mean, hard just to not have to work. You that's know what not I mean? what like, a 4.0 gives you. That's... You sicken me now. This you is were like, horrifying. You were like flagging mediocrity over here. <laughs> Jesus. Like, anyway, Sarah, with your yeah. huge, beautiful, throbbing high school yeah. brain, uh, we need you yeah. to help unpack this game that is uh, House oh, of God. Ashes. <laughs> yep. 
All right. Or as I like to call it, House of Ashley Tisdale, famous for her yes. role as Sharpay Evans in High School Musical. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's in it? <laughs> That's yeah. the idea. Okay. She's the, the main, one of the, one of the only female characters. Oh, interesting. Okay, so this is uh, from the Careers of Until Dawn. We kind of referenced it earlier. Um, they've been releasing the Dark Universe trilogy. What, what is this called? Dark Pictures Anthology. Dark Pictures Anthology. <laughs> Got it. And this is the new one. And the premise is, what if there were demons in the Iraq War? Is that the yes. big picture? Yeah. Okay. And you, war was the real monster. I, Stop! I, I mean, <laughs> does it lean into that in a pretty heavy way? No, it okay. should have, but it chose not to. All right, good. Uh, there's been a more positive reaction to this one than the last couple, like Man of Medan and Little Witch Story. <laughs> Sorry. Little Hope. Little Hope. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Jesus, you're all over the place. It feels so condescending. There, some people like these games a lot. I don't know. Hey, what I'm trying to ask is how is this game? Um... I would rate it on my sp- a spooky scale of like spooky, you know, environment, spooky, like the story itself and the environment, I give it six out of 10 spookies. Okay. But overall fear, like fear that I had, like me being scared, three out of 10 spookies. Ooh. Um, so if you don't like scary games, but this is kind of like a choose your own adventure game with quick time events is how I would describe it. Right. Essentially, choose your own adventure and then there's some quick time events and how you react to those quick time events is how your game will proceed. Um, I accidentally, you know, sometimes the quick time events, you're sometimes you're not supposed to do them. So like me and my cursed gamer hands being too good at video games, mm-hmm. I did accidentally end a few lives being too quick on the uptake. So just be careful because these gamer hands are cursed. Interesting. Interesting. Heavy rain conundrum. That's right. Yeah, really. Yeah, I'm interested because you just played Until Dawn, mm-hmm. right, Sarah? So, like, how does this yeah. compare? Did you enjoy Until Dawn more? Um, Until Dawn, you could tell that like the you could tell that the budgets were different yeah. between Until Dawn and this game as well, and you could tell they did a lot of quality of life changes between Until Dawn and this. And I don't know where in the series they put these quality of life changes in, but they will actually warn you when a quick time event is coming up. They'll give you Ooh. like an on screen notification to, like, pick up your controller, you dumbass, because sometimes my eyes would glaze over yeah. during, like, the firefights, because there's a lot of shooting in this for very little reason, and my eyes would glaze over, and then all of a sudden I'd have to, like, do a quick time event, and I was like, oh, God, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, yeah. So that's good, but the choices I don't appreciate as much, because in Until Dawn, some of the choices are, like, literally to kill people. They make you make that decision. They're like, who will you kill? Or, like, will you save them? Whereas in this game, it's like, do you want to be a good person or do you want to be a dick? Okay. Like, it's like, do you want to be mean to somebody? Or do you want to be nice to somebody? Yeah. So I, the choices just didn't feel as heavy. Yeah. Overall Jan- to me, I didn't really feel like they were hard. Sure. Janet, what do you think yeah. of this thing so far? Uh, I'm about halfway through, a little bit over halfway, and uh, I'm playing with my brother as I have for all the games, all the Dark Pictures games. For Until Dawn, I did that uh, separately with one of my friends. And uh, we're both liking this, I think, the least of the Dark Pictures anthology, which is sort of the counter take that I've seen on the internet. Like, most people say, this is the best of this series. Um, I think it's the worst. Um, But I I would kind of score them all the same. I think all these games are probably sixes, five if you're being maybe really critical, seven if you're being really generous. Like, they're all kind of mid um, but I have a lot of fun with these games because I enjoy the um, horror elements. I enjoy the interpersonal drama. And I just generally like the genre. And it's not a genre that gets a lot of games, at least from the 
mainstream. So whenever I'm like, I'm here for whatever you're making, even though what you're making might not be that good. Right. Um, right. That being said, I think this avoids a lot of the cringe of other games, but I think in losing that cringe, it loses the spice. Like the interpersonal drama doesn't feel intriguing enough. Um, I think it's a super slow start because it went, and there's been other games that have had like some military hints, like Madame Madon, spoiler, starts off in that like old military Navy boat or something. And it's like, there's ghost soldiers sort of. So it's not like they've never touched military stuff before but it starts so much with like we're in the real world it's the iraq war we're talking there's like all these interpersonal militaristic politics going on and then one of the issues too because they're all like military people they kind of gave them all like fairly similar personalities i feel like because um you know i think they are they are all theoretically drawn to like being in the military so you probably have some stuff in common the way that we all have stuff in common for being on this show. But I think with that, there's not as much nuance and change in the people like versus Little Hope was cool because it was a, a group of like, I think either college or community college students. So you had some people like the professor, you had some students, you had sure. some like older adult learners and they had like more inherent diversity in that cast. Um, so I think that combined with what Sarah mentioned of the choices just not being that interesting. And they also kind of let you know the horror right away. Like Mm -hmm. you've once the scary parts start, it's like, oh, I see this crazy monster. And then like you're at one point, the monster gets crushed. There's another monster that looks the same. And like maybe it twists later because, again, I'm only like 60 percent through. But in all the other games, Until Dawn, Man of Madon, like all of those, it's a lot more confusing on what actually is going on. Right. Who's dead? Who isn't like, is this a, am I seeing things? Is there a drug in the air? Is there like a Kurt? Like this is more like as far as I can tell, there's like these monsters in this cave and we're just kind of dealing with it. Okay. So it feels kind of like the, the late game of lights, boys for uncharted. If you haven't played those, but those always go supernatural. Like it feels like late game uncharted, but without the action in like a weird, weird way. I just, I just feel like this didn't really hit for me. It is very different than the other ones. And in that sense, I can see why people like it more. But for me, I feel like it lost the fun that these games normally have. Yeah. It's weird that like, it feels so similar when you talk about these types of games to something like a life is strange, true colors, which is just like pretty relaxed, a lot of dialogue, a lot of talking, a lot of cutscenes. but you also are going to be making choices that are going to spiral in a big way along the way. Um, and I know you love that game, Janet and Sarah, I know you streamed that last yeah. night on my Max's Twitch account mm-hmm. and without spoiling anything, I just, I wanted to see your reaction to a certain big moment in that first episode yeah. And it was it was fascinating, if I may, because your reaction was it seemed like genuine horror. Then you said that was hilarious. <laughs> and then there's kind of like a second gut punch, and then you seem genuinely shook by what happened. It was it was really a roller coaster ride that was fun to watch. I, I really feel like playing all of these horror games, you start to expect certain things. So it was so weird coming off like a month of only playing scary games yeah. and stepping into life is strange. And you're like, I know something's like, something's wrong. Like, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right, And then right. it didn't. I was like, how did I not see that coming? But also, I can't believe they just did that. Like, it's very like, uh, uh, huh. Yeah. So, yeah. very, yeah. I, I hope, I'm in, I'm on the second chapter. And I think, Janet, you said it gets better in the third chapter, right? Did you? Yeah, to me, a third up is when I was like, now I'm in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting to get, like, in it because you still don't really feel like, the beginning is kind of rougher, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I was hooked pretty well by the end of that first episode. I think the third episode is the most interesting 
Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really feel. I don't really feel like. I don't know if you need to go back and dissect Life is Strange again because Janet did a wonderful. I'm ready. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. This. I'm always ready. <laughs> two hours and forty strange. minutes. Check it out on our YouTube channel or the Patreon exclusive podcast feed. Um, but yeah, I feel like third episode is just like an interesting one, but it's not like for me it didn't like ratchet up the stakes or my investment. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of the first two. It's like you're either in or out at that point. I I feel like, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, Life is Strange. Um. Let's see, Leo. Leo. Yeah. Um, do you yeah, know how this whole thing operates? Hmm. Do I, can I have time to think about it? Yeah. How much do you need? 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Janet, in, while Leo's thinking, um, do you know how this whole thing operates? Um, I do, but I wouldn't want to undermine Leo and his process. Okay. So I want yeah, to give yeah, him yeah. time to discover the answer on his own. Okay, great. Sarah, I mean to ask you, um, mm-hmm. if, if you were like a viewer or a listener of the show, Mm-hmm. And you wanted to either join it or support it. Do you know where mm-hmm. you could go? Uh, I believe there's something called a a um a, a, a Patreon a, a Patreon. That's right, everybody. Patreon.com slash minmax with two ends. Let the man think, Janet. Please. <laughs> Patreon.com slash minrex with two ends, everybody. Uh, you can help support us at any tier. You can put your image up on the wall of heroes, uh, looping on every minrex video, or we'll read your name at the end of every show, anything like that. You can help support independent games media. We appreciate it, just like Timmy D does with the Synced Up podcast. I uh, just say hello, minrex fans. Last November... Uh, ben Hansen forgot to play the music, and now he's doing it. Last November, the Synced Up podcast supported Ben and the cohorts, and it went so well, we decided to do it again. We received a large outpouring of love from everyone here, and even made some lifelong friends, too. While we still have our video game show, the Synced Up podcast, we also started a new show a few months ago, aptly named the Synced Up Filmcast. In this show, we focus mainly on watching, reviewing, and ranking different movie franchises. We also recap the news and react to new trailers from the week, too. If any of this sounds good, consider going on over to youtube.com slash podcast or search Synced up filmcast and your favorite podcasting service and look for the red and white logo we hope to see you there thank you for the support synced up podcast go check them out go leave a nice comment uh on their channel on their podcast leave them a nice review because they've been helping us in a big way so thank you to the synced up podcast and the fine folks over there also we want you to know about the fixture s1 which is a clip that you put on your nintendo switch pro controller so you can put the screen on it and play with the best nintendo switch controller on the go uh it is 35 dollars available on amazon there's a link below if you want to check that out also you can get the carrying case it's a full bundle if you'd like uh they've been fantastic to work with and fixture gaming has created a custom MinMax Fixture S1, which we're giving away on Instagram. So if you follow MinMax Show on Instagram, you will have a chance of winning a Fixture S1. We're giving away a Fixture S1 for every 100 new followers on Instagram. And we're currently like five new followers away. So follow us on Instagram. You can get a daily update video from us and a bunch of behind-the-scenes pics and stuff like that. But... You can also win that sweet Fixture S1 because it's a very comfortable way to play Switch on the go. So thank you to those wonderful folks. Also, we want you to know about our dear friends at I Am 8-Bit. They want the world to know about Hyper Light Drifter, the vinyl soundtrack. One of Kyle's favorite uh, games, and the soundtrack is fantastic. The soundtrack is from Disasterpiece, of course. And if you support, or go check out I Am 8-Bit's online store. For anything under $100, you can use a new promo code for 10% off. And that promo code is... The hardest one yet, so this is kind of a challenge round. Turkatron. One word, no hyphens. 
Turkatron, everybody, for 10% off everything in iMateBit's wonderful online stores. So please check that out. They are so generous that they give away a gift every single week to the MinMax community. Whoever submits the best question of the week over on Patreon, iMateBit ships out a prize because they're just lovely. So if you would like to win a prize in the future, for example, this week they're giving away the Pathless soundtrack, the double vinyl. It's really a Kyle Vinyl Soundtrack Week here from iMateBit. Anyways, that's it. But anyways, uh, you can go submit a question for us next week or any week after that over there on Patreon and you can win a great prize from iMateBit as well. All right. Should we get to these community questions? Leo, do you have have an answer for the class? I'm still thinking about it. Okay, I got it. Uh, Jordan Schaefer writes in and says, Hey, I dropped my Switch in a hot tub a few minutes ago. That's a good life. <laughs> Jordan, just appreciate that you've what got a likes. good life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy they thought of us. <laughs> I was wondering <laughs> I was wondering how many of the cohorts are still on their launch slash first switch and how many have had to get a replacement. Do y'all have any good or tragic stories of other consoles you had to replace? I'm still on my launch switch. Uh, it's Me got, too. It, it's kind of like some... the Joy-Cons, but... Oh, really? Switch. Yeah, Drift got really bad when I was on a trip at Game Informer. I got new Joy-Cons in Poland. Oh, so oh, they're very special nice. to me now. Nice, that is nice. Yeah, my like my switch has like a couple scratches on the front just from like sliding it into the the dock, and that kind of drives me nuts. But I'm just gonna hold out, I think, unless I see that OLED switch in person and my mind explodes. But I just don't think that's gonna happen. So I'm gonna hold out that Bloomberg is right and that this mythical Super Switch is coming. But who knows at this Did point? Did you not put a screen protector on it? No. You're really gonna out him like that? Ooh. Does everybody have a <laughs> I mean, screen protector on their switch? I can't. I yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. I. I yeah. See, here's my weird thing. This is. I know this is like you probably because that's how good of a screen protector it is. <laughs> I don't want anything that makes my handheld more reflective. I think that's a reason I don't like handheld gaming. Is I don't like basically staring at a reflection of my face while I'm playing games. It's you don't like when the screen goes dark and you're forced to confront. Yeah. Your appearance and what you look like while you're playing video games. Yeah, because it's just like double chin, like <laughs> it's just it's horrific. There's Cheeto dust all around my face. I don't like it. So if that screen protector does that an ounce more, I won't do it. I just refuse. It's their problem. They're the one that lets the screen get scratched. What if there's a killer coming up behind you though? I wish it was more reflective. <sighs> you're right. I should be playing more 3DS games too, just in case there's a, th- a killer coming. Just every handle. I'm like, possible. what are you doing in the hot tub? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, where's everybody at the, for their Switch? They got the... I have the Animal Crossing one. Okay. I have the Animal Crossing one also. Yeah, that was the only nice. one that made me update from the launch Switch. Nice. What'd you do I'm with easy. your launch Switch then? I still have it. It just hangs out. Sometimes no, I, you need I, two Switches. No, you don't. I also still have it. Like, sometimes you need most, two. I mostly still have it because when... Uh, it's so weird because when you like get these, they are like can be hard to get. So I didn't... I couldn't just do like a GameStop trade-in. And then also... I didn't want to do that anyway because I know there are guides out there that say it's actually not that hard to transfer your games. But like it's just hard enough that like I don't want to risk anything with trying to do that. So I have both. Um, I do think I don't know. I'm considering getting the OLED at this point. And maybe if it's like retail easily available and I can do a trade in because I don't want to pay for it out of pocket. But I I feel like. If I wait to get the OLED, the longer I wait, the more I'm risking another SKU coming out. So I should actually just do it now. It's the least risky time to get it. But then, I don't know, I also like my Animal Crossing one, because it has, like, the little, you know, pictures of the villager shadows on the back. Not that I ever mm. look at it, but it's nice to know that it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is nice looking. 
That is cool. Uh, let's see. We got another question from Jonathan Wills. Says, hey, peeps, with Extra Life coming up, this is our 25-hour charity stream uh, this Saturday, everybody, starting at 8 a.m. Central. We're streaming with Game Informer and Easy Allies, raising money for Gillette Children's Specialty Healthcare in St. Paul, Minnesota, filled with a bunch of items. We'll get into it at the end of the show. Anyways, Jonathan Willis asks, what has been the most fun thing you've done while raising money? <laughs> it's a good broad one. I think my first extra life ever? Maybe second. I ate a... Uh, no, it was probably the first. I ate my really, really hot pepper during the segment where I was playing Hitman. Somebody donated for me to do that. And trying to manage both those things at once. You know, fun's a weird way to describe it, but it was a hilarious segment, I think. <laughs> I think back on it very fondly, even though I went and dry heaved into the toilet. <laughs> <Not related. laughs> yeah, at some point we should make, or Game Informer should make, it's their stuff, just like a super cut of all the extra lives because it's always such a blur and especially those ones where people are in person together like sometimes people just share like a gift from something that happens like i have no memory of this but that's the most absurd thing of like shoving joe's face into a cricket pie or like whatever the hell is happening like there's still that stupid gift that makes me laugh so much is it you leo in the sonic mask and you're like feeding Kyle an insect and you're like looking all panicky and jittery and weird. Is that it? Remember? Yeah, I think that was me. Okay, good job back then, man. It is a remarkable how much of a blur it is that I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's some dumb stuff. Uh, I don't know. Janet, you were just in like a hot dog costume, right? Is that, is that yours? Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't for charity, though. That was my oh. own ego. So oh, I, I understand. Can't, I can't count that. The greatest like, charity I'm raising of money all. for me because <laughs> I got stuff to pay. Um, no, but for fun stuff, um, I'm going to go non-gaming and go with uh, when I was in high school, we had, I forgot what like we were raising money for, but we had like a dance-a-thon that we would do. And I think it's like 12, it's either 12 hours or 24 hours. And you have a team, kind of like any relay race where it's like the rules are you need to have like two or excellent amount of people like active at all times while the other one sleep or eat or rest. Um, so I did that and it was pretty fun. It was like an overnight thing. Like a bunch of people were there. We'd get like, well, <laughs> the people that had parents to come pick them up got picked up. The rest of us just went home on the freaking train, but it's all good. It's there fine. Um, hour commute. It's okay. I'm exhausted. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was pretty fun because it's like a, a physical thing. It was a fun thing to do uh, and it kind of got everybody involved. Yeah, oh, that's fun. Um, we had a Patreon poll of like, hey, here's a bunch of different segments that we could put into Extra Life if you're really passionate about it. And it did help, I think. I don't, Lee, I don't know how you felt about it, but it was nice just to be like, okay, people are really passionate about this, so let's try yeah. and do a marathon of every Game Informer rapid-fire video going back to 2014. Uh, that'll be just a weird late-night segment, stuff like that. Um, but then one of them was Just Dance 2022 segment. And I really thought, like, I think that's going to get up there. And it turns out that... And having us sing karaoke, we're shockingly low on there. It's like, okay, that's that's about right. I thought people would be more into the embarrassment angle, but apparently people don't want us to dance for 25 hours straight, which is fine. That's fine. That's their right. That's their right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janet, you've been playing Just Dance? Yes. And it's Just Dance? It's Just Dance, man. Okay. I would love to see, uh, you know, the TLDR is it's still fun. Like, if you like that game, it's yeah. still enjoyable. It still attracts well. They have new songs. They have the Unlimited Pass. But there's, I would love to just see more substantial quality of life updates title to the title. Like, I think the fact that I haven't played in, like, a year or two, and I picked this one up, and it feels 
like exactly the same is a little bit of a problem. Um, and, and frankly, I feel like Ubisoft is resting on the laurels of what is a really great idea and super fun, but they haven't really iterated enough um, on it, I think, especially with like a lot of the most fun stuff being gated behind having that pass, which granted the game's only $50. So it's like mm-hmm. it's the highest pr- price mark when you get the pass with it. But right. yeah, I just would like to see a little bit more. Um, and I would also love to see like more modern songs. I imagine like licensing and timing is maybe a reason that doesn't always feel like when I think of the music that I listen to in 2021, it is rarely the playlist of Just Dance 2022. Um, and I wish they did a little bit more with that or something. I would have liked to see like interesting like TikTok integrations or something like that. Like, Ooh. I just would like to see a little bit more with it. But yeah. uh, I'm enjoying it. I, you know, got a good workout in. I knocked right. over my Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Right. Like, it was That's what good. I expected it to be. That's perfect. There you go. Owen McCarter writes in and says, hey, Min Max. Hang on. These are compliments. They say you're all very smart. Well, not like Serpatorsky smart, but one you know, of us we, is. We freaking try. <laughs> uh, and you have an incredible wealth of video game knowledge. But what is one area of video game history or game development that you would like to know more about? For me, <laughs> I'm still confused about uh, European consoles. Every time we should we should ask Daniel Dwyer about this, but I feel like every time. People from Europe are talking about their nostalgic gaming. It's always like, oh, on the Amiga or the Vectrex or something that are the, they're just shocked no one else has heard of. But <laughs> there are popular things over there that weren't popular here. Or just confusing things like the Genesis being the Mega Drive, all that stuff over there. It just gets confusing when you work in the past of European consoles. But that's mine. That's my final frontier of gaming. <laughs> I think mine's like just level design. How you get, if you look at a level stripped of all its like fun stuff, it's just a bunch of moving boxes, which to me is just fascinating that you can develop that and then put a bunch of stuff on top of it. And somehow, I think this is the most clever thing in gaming, but somehow like teach your player what to do without telling them what to do, I think is the coolest thing in gaming just in general is when I, as the player, all of a sudden go, oh, they want me to do this. And they didn't have to push me. They didn't have to tell me. I think that's just like peak level design. And I think you see it a lot in Outer Wilds. They're really good at it. Yeah. Where the player themselves gets to feel like they're learning in a way. But I just think level design is so cool. Like I've played scary games and you know how you get chased a lot in scary games. Right. I noticed that they'll tend to kind of put hints the direction they want you to go. There's usually a light or something that you can see. And, like, even in, like, a moment of fear when I'm panicking, they've still somehow managed to, like, guide me in the right direction. Totally. And to me, I just think that's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. Yeah. It's something that, you know, I realized maybe, like, 10 years ago is just to have that moment of I'm, I'm very stupid and uh, I'm constantly getting stuck in games. But just that moment of, like, every time I'm stuck in a game, just pause and look for the brightest area and that's probably the area where you're supposed to go it's just nice to like mm-hmm. okay these common sense level design things have just kind of worked their way into the industry uh preston Dieterman says now that halloween has passed we're entering into my favorite time of the year for one reason and one reason alone unrestricted access to stuffing do you work in a stuffing restaurant um on a scale from one to ten how great is stuffing okay let's okay let's just do the thing where i'll say the number on the count of three okay stuffing everybody one, two, three, Nine. three. That was very delayed. 
Uh, we got the a nine. The I have at Thanksgiving, family Thanksgiving, is the best thing I eat the entire year. Really? It's really up there. Yeah, it's crazy. What is, is there a secret recipe? Yeah. What is it? And don't think I'm telling you. God, oh, <laughs> there's it, like Leo. there's Grand Marnier is in it, the like orange liqueur. I don't even know what you're saying to me right now. Yeah, do we have <laughs> like, to drink what? that for Nintendo Online? Like Grandma, like, what? Yeah. No, that's liqueur, Ben. We're not drinking liqueur. Well, we can put it in the poll next week for New Show Plus. We'll see how it goes, Sarah. I don't know. I maybe I've just I, when we didn't celebrate last year, I got the recipe and made it at home and made a giant tub of it that we had for a couple weeks and it was amazing. Yeah. Maybe I just haven't had good stuffing in my life. It's always been meh for to me. To me it just seems like spongy croutons. And I love croutons, but yeah. keep them crisp, oh, please. <laughs> yeah, the spongy thing. But Janet, you're all in on this stuffing too? Yeah. Um again, I don't I don't think we have like a super banger recipe for it. Um it's definitely not a secret. Some of it comes just from the back of the stuffing box. But you know, we chop up like extra stuff like celery and other like foods to put it to add to the mix and then we put a lot of the stuffing inside the turkey and then we have some on the edges that are wrapped in aluminum foil and they kind of soak up the taste. And then we do a really good job with our turkey. We finally figured out how not to make it dry it all so we like brine it overnight and like we have like mm. it's a whole production we've like finally gotten it down we always forget like one or two steps and then have to frantically google or try to remember and then people are arguing no it's not how you do it you're gonna ruin the <laughs> thing and so that's a whole thing then we get in the oven and it's all good and, and you know at the end of the day yes it's great because you can just i love food that you can just shovel you know what i mean you can right. just put it away indefinitely Okay, all right. Maybe I gotta reevaluate stuffing. Uh, Geo Benogi says, "Hey, Min Max, something I really miss uh, when going from controller to keyboard and mouse is haptic feedback. To me, that slight rumble of a controller helps me get really immersed into a game. How zany of an idea is a mouse or keyboard with haptic feedback? We should have talked about this when we were talking about gaming a hundred years from now. Is good haptic feedback in a mouse? I they do this, right? Do they haptic feedback in gaming so. mice? But the problem is that like it." shakes the aimer <laughs> that's what i'm saying like it kind of defeats the whole purpose of like using a mouse if you're trying if i was trying to shoot and they started shaking my mouse i would be so mad yeah i don't even mind that because and if it was like a single player game where it's like oh the guns got recoil or jamming or oh, whatever and multiple imagine recoil really... it shoots it the, the mouse just shoots back into your lap oh <laughs> I my god love you gotta click really hard honestly the, the problem I, with the it would be kind of like cool you, you, you leave a controller on the table, and if it rumbles, it wakes up your neighborhood. <laughs> there's, there's no way to do that for a keyboard. I consistently put my controller down during cutscenes. So I'm literally just vibing, like, watching a cutscene, and all of a sudden my controller's, like, in my lap. Like, ah! just off the table, and I'm like, what's happening? Right, right. I don't know if haptic feedback's ever, like, added immersion for me personally to a game. I've never been like, oh, it's really rumbly in here. I can feel it in my hands. I, it's, it's just, honestly, it's more distracting because then you're thinking of your hands instead of what's happening on the screen. I understand everyone's got over the dual sense, but it, for me, I'm totally with you. I don't think it's immersion at the core. Riders Republic, I think it's nice. The rumbling of a dirt road versus a mm. well-paved one. Mm-hmm. Okay, the that's interesting. The of it, I think, are good. Yeah. I guess it's like the PS5 controller has really good haptic feedback. But, like, my USB Xbox controller, it's got one rumble speed, and that's it. Right, right. Like, what games, like, it's like you kind of develop for the haptic feedback of the PS5 controller, which is limiting in itself. Yeah. So. I can't stop thinking now about a mouse, though, that does, like, kick back when you shoot. Just, like, a little bit. Not, like, a pistol, even. But let's say 7% pistol kickback. Like, every time mm-hmm. you clicked a mouse, it just, like, back, like went back in your hand a little bit. I think that's a fun idea. I would oh, buy would that mouse. It would go up, really. What's that? It would go up kind of away from you. Well, I think it would, like, yeah, launch back. Can I, 
like that at a weird. No, angle. but it would have to go up forward because it would kick the gun up in the game, you know. Unless you have inverted. Oh, aiming. you're thinking of it going up, and Ben's thinking of it recoiling back. Right. Yeah. I was thinking of it like levitating off of the desk or something. I feel yeah. like we should lean really into it if we if anyone makes this like haptic feedback, but like all the time on the keyboard. Like whenever right. I hit a period and end a sentence, like it's like just so I can like when I'm writing my articles and stuff, I'm really like engrossed in there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like you're basically getting electrocuted every time you hit X on the keyboard. Like just fun yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. People people take their gaming my super seriously, and that's what I learned when I worked in like PC and PC accessories. But like people there's already mice that you can change the weight of. Like it comes with different weights that you can put into the mouse. Really? And like the lighter the mouse the better. Like the more aerodynamic the mouse the better. (laughs) Aerodynamic. So yeah, it's like it's serious business. Mm -hmm. Okay, messing with your your computer mouse. My God. Uh, Swiggity Swoo. Uh, Patreon. That's how the thing operates. Yeah, Leo. Sorry. Good job, yeah, man. Right on good time. Good job. That's that GPA kicking in. Hell yeah. Can we go back and raise your GPA by a whole point? Because, goddamn. <laughs> uh, Swiggity Swoo where it's Up in and says, <laughs> what's the hardest you've ever worked for something only to realize it was a colossal waste of time? Like all of college. All of, <laughs> Sorry. All of college. Sorry. Yeah. That might cut too close. If you're if you're already in there, just finish it. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, joking but not joking. I feel like I so often I'm just like very stressed over something, and at the time it feels the biggest deal in the world. But looking back, like I can't even tell you most of those assignments I did. Right. So like, why did I care? So I, I think it's fine to care and want to do good work. But the degree to which I cared, I felt like was unnecessary, <laughs> especially given the fact that I don't use that degree. And you can't trade that in for anything. I feel like I should be able to trade it in and get like $20,000 back at <laughs> Ooh, least. Something. Yeah. You yeah. have to rip up the diploma in front of them, though, just to make sure you yeah, like can't I, use that degree. I need like a GameStop situation. Like I can use it for like towards a, a degree I would use or I can just take the cash. And it's not as much. Yeah. It's more than I had going in. I, I also have my fingers crossed for a GameStop U. Is it too much to ask for? <laughs> uh, uh, this isn't a dumb one, Swiggy Swoo, but years ago, I, f- I don't think I ever shared this online anywhere, but um, years ago, I had the idea of like, you know, what would make a pretty penny is if you made globes that looked like the worlds from RPGs. So it's like, here's a beautiful looking globe, but it's like not obnoxiously labeled, but just like the landmass of like the world from Final Fantasy VII or Legend of Lagaya, just like beautiful deep cuts that you could have around your house. And so I looked into it. I contacted a couple of globe making companies and they're all like, it, that is a fortune to make like a custom mold, especially if you want like a topographical thing. But like anything custom sure. like that is just going to be a mess. And so I said, well, then I'll do it myself. And then trying to design a world like Final Fantasy VII is the world that I took just to start out with. And trying to like lay that out and design it in Photoshop in a way that it would you could cut it then to fit it mm-hmm. around a sphere. It involved like math and stuff. It was just impossible. And like a thousand tweaks and trials and errors, and I eventually got it. And then uh, I brought it to an Office Max, and I said, "Hey, could I print this out?" Because then I was going to cut it out and tape it onto the globe. And the guy at Office Max looks at me and he goes, "I can't do that for you, sir." I was like, "Why not?" Why not? And he goes. He just looked at it, and it's just the continents, and he goes, I can't do that because we can't do copyright and content, and this is the world from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> I was like, what? You recognize it? What are the odds of of getting the o- – that's probably the only Final Fantasy VII fan in that Office Max. Probably, yeah. yeah. I would simply just come back, go to a different Office Max. Honestly, I, I think maybe I, I bonded with him in a real way talking about – 
Eris struggles and tribulations or whatever. Uh, eventually, I got him to print one out. He's like, okay, I'll give you one printing of this. <laughs> That's it. So then I went home and like awkwardly taped it onto a globe and it looked like garbage and I kind of gave up. Mm. But, but mm-hmm. that, idea, wow. that idea is out there. If there's any globe manufacturers listening, I want in. Also, if Square's listening, disregard this conversation legally. Anyways, super status. Do you guys think, would you get sued if you did like just for like the continental world map? No, absolutely. Yeah, if it's Nintendo, yes. Okay. Um, it just depends Everybody how big else, it gets. Maybe not. Yeah. And maybe if you put artist, the name on it. I think you'd put like something cheeky, like it so. called it like First Fantasy World or something, and it clearly was Final Fantasy VII. You could maybe be like, oh, right. But does a regular globe even say Earth on it? I don't think no, it you does. Can get around that. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- who's Earth's lawyer? What do they do? What do they got? <laughs> Hang on. This sounds the like a globe's good globe's been sued. This is a good animated show. Earth's lawyer. Let's let's start writing that show for Netflix. <laughs> oh. uh, Super status writes in and says, "What's up, everyone? I was shooting hoops the other day. A lot of braggers in the questions this week. Um, and I suddenly remembered I was my millions. And- <laughs> I suddenly remembered a game I used to play back in elementary school called Bell Jump. Our PE coach would tie a bell to a string, then hang it over a basketball hoop. He then had all the students from the same grade level one by one try and run and then jump and see who could hit the bell. If you missed it, you were out, and if you hit it, you would advance the next time where the bell would be raised another several inches. I remember having so much fun playing that game because I was always one of the last few remaining. Also, I was a cat. No, that's not true. That was just my joke. That was just my killer joke. Hold for applause. Anyways, back to the question. Uh, but as always, we lost to some kid named Nikki. Uh, man, do I still hate him. Well, we hear you. Um, so do you all remember what your favorite game back in school was and how you played it? I think my favorite game, we always did like the lava monster on the playground, right? Okay. Where you yeah. run around the playground equipment and one person's the lava monster. But like we got too into it <laughs> and they had to make us stop. We also had this issue on my elementary school playground where like the the playground monitors didn't think kids were playing enough. Because we were just kind of standing around and talking. <laughs> so they actively went around and they found kids who were just standing around and talking and they made them walk laps. What? Yeah, at my elementary school. Because we would like hang out on the playground equipment and then we would just kind of like chat and stuff. And then they would catch us chatting and they'd be like, this is time for playing. And then we'd have to walk laps. <laughs> what do they care? There's a higher chance you're going to get hurt playing. Like you think they would just prefer all these kids to sit around I don't and know. debate I, politics. I went to probably one of the worst school districts. Yeah, but which is probably why my GPA is so high. But honestly, <laughs> knowing you, you're probably debating the theory of relativity with those other kids or something. We were just digging yard. a really big hole, and they didn't want us to dig the hole anymore. Wait, that was a thing. You guys didn't like dig really big holes in elementary school. I don't think so. We had no. like a really big hole that we were digging. It sounds. And fun. every day we would dig it a little more, and then we got in trouble. Were you we at the kids' prison in. camp from holes? <laughs> <I was. laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I'm trying to think. Like, we played this some game where there were like a bunch of big boulders in a circle, and we had like a big group, and the game was just kind of like fight on the boulders. So everybody would jump around. And everybody had like their own individual power they'd invent and stuff. And so I remember, like, if you fell off the boulder, you were out. But then my power was, um, <laughs> I was the. <laughs> this is so stupid. I was the attachment ring. Was my name so they'd be mm-hmm. like attachment ring and i'd have to jump out there and like grab them and like pull them back onto the rock and stuff so i guess just uh, i don't know pushing each other on scary big boulders See, is that, that a game? wouldn't have been allowed in my school yeah well apparently it's a nightmare <laughs> where you came from <laughs> yeah it was a good time everybody had a good time in their own way 
Did anybody else play mat ball? Was that just my school? Where it was like kickball in the gym, but it was with like big mats as the bases, and there were like dozens of kids on each one. Was that a universal thing? Okay. I don't think so. We have that one tent thing, the little rainbow oh, the tent. That was dope. That is they only busted the best. that out like once sweet. a year, though. The little special parachute. occasions. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Special occasions only. And now, I don't know if you've ever had the sad moment of looking up one of those parachutes because I'm a weirdo and I thought like, oh, for our high school reunion, that'd be fun to get one of those parachutes. So I tried to get one and it turns out they're like five feet across. It's just like microscopic now. I was like, what? That seemed like the really? coolest, no biggest way. thing. Not, not literally that. five feet. They were feet. like 80 it was, feet. It was so much smaller than I thought it was. It was a real bummer. You would use that in high school? No, it I was... It like a second grade thing. It was, but I thought it'd be fun for a high school reunion to have one there. And How uh, many high school reunions have you been to? 43. 43. Uh, Jacob Hubbard here. Look at him. He says, Howdy, Ben and the gang. I recently got to chat with uh, Ben uh, on MinMax Council. He called into our Patreon exclusive podcast about the bloating budgets and dev times of games and what that means for the future. However, another trend has me thinking. Uh, ben reminded me of Assassin's Creed Infinity and how some games are becoming live service. I'm a bigger fan of standalone single player games myself, but it seems that this is the more lucrative model and it's only a matter of time before it becomes the norm. How many franchises do you think will move to this model in the next 10 to 15 years? What's a series you think might be a shoe-in? P.S. Leo Vader's video on why kids love horror was indeed quite hilarious. Thank you for the recommendation. I was plugging your video on on that call, Leo. Thank you for doing that. Genuinely, the last four seconds of that video, I know it's... Leo, I know you made it, but you might even think it's stupid. I laughed harder at those four seconds than I have over any of your videos. And every one of your videos has made me laugh a lot. But the, it just killed me. I definitely thought it was very stupid when I said, <laughs> if it's making me laugh this much, yes, it correct. probably works. Correct. Um, um, I think optimistically, we're, we've passed the peak of games as service franchise switches. Like, I think there's been enough flops in that department now that people are starting to be more wary of it again optimistically but i was reading on the avengers subreddit this morning the avengers game subreddit like how crystal dynamics talks about that game and how they they talked about it with two investors is like we made a lot of mistakes and we like shouldn't have pushed it in this direction really or shouldn't have taken on this project for what our company was capable of doing interesting and that's definitely a game that's been, you know, struggling. It's been getting new content, but not really at the rate where it's clear it's a massive success or anything. Right, right. So you really think it's over? I mean, even with Halo Infinite maybe being a starting point for Halo in this model, maybe they're going to build on that in a big way. And then Assassin's Creed is clearly going in that direction. I wouldn't be surprised if other Ubisoft things follow. Like, here's just the Far Cry living game. Have at it. I think massive things are still going to do it, but I think it'll be less. Of, it's less of a sure thing than people thought it was, or worth the investment at least. Yeah. Again, being optimistic here could be totally wrong. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I definitely. Yeah. Never mind. Um, With Guardians of the Galaxy, last thing I want to say on the Guardians of the Galaxy now, like that's all anybody's talking about in the Avengers game subreddit is like, wish this game was more like Guardians of the Galaxy because everybody loves that. Yeah. Are you playing that no, by Leo? No, I haven't. I'm curious if you'll like it. I don't know. Uh, with that much Avengers experience, uh, I'm, I'm still playing Guardians, and I still really love it. Um, it's one of my favorite of the year so far, actually. Like, I'm shocked by how much I'm enjoying that. But yeah, what do y'all think? Living games, what's next? I would like Just Dance to be a living game. Like, especially, mm-hmm. yeah. again, it sounds mean, but if they're not going to be doing massive iterations, I would rather just kind of pay a potentially, ideally maybe a little bit lower annual fee to just keep, like, if I'm really just paying for the songs, I'd like to just sign up for that and just be bought into that 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I could just buy the songs because on Just Dance, there's like five songs that I really like. And I don't want to pay like $10 a month or however much it is for to access these five songs whenever I want. So, I don't know. It's like, I like Just Dance, but they really push the subscription, and they really bury the free stuff under the stuff that you need to pay for. Ugh. I know. Even though I'm not a fan of living games and all that stuff, I still, yeah, I think uh, Jackbox should should go that way. Just make it the Mm -hmm. one-stop thing and just have that be it. That that would be fun. A text-based living game, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Is this fun? Mitch says, on last week's show, you said you wanted to send in fastball questions. What's the fastest pitch ever thrown in a major league game? Anybody got a guess how fast that was? 115. 115? I have no idea. What's the average? I have no idea. But this one is 105 miles an hour in 2010 by Aroldis Chapman. I actually, I had a baseball. You know, I think we had like a family friend who was just the master of giving just weird gifts and normally it was just like what am i gonna do with this this sucks but one year she got me a baseball that had like a speedometer on it and after every pitch you could see how fast that pitch was it was really fun but it like was suddenly made playing catch with my dad scary because like okay we're both gonna be throwing it as hard as we can (laughs) so get ready um okay let's see solo says it happens sometimes it's time to sleep and you go to bed but it's been about 30 minutes and you haven't fallen asleep. Should you just stay down and keep trying to sleep? Or should you get up and do something else that'll make you feel tired? What do you do? What should you do? Bye and good night. Good night, Solo. Are you guys falling asleep? <laughs> like, are you guys falling asleep faster than 30 minutes? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm what out. F- my, my record for falling asleep is literally, because I have a little sleep tracker, I use sleep cycle, two minutes. <laughs> what? Wait, Amazing. How, how does that know? Um, it can, well, I don't, I'm not like a, I don't work for the app, but like they detect basically your movement. And I know some people say, I don't move at all. Like everyone right. moves like a little bit and they've improved the tech where I had this app like years ago when you first had it, they like wanted it like basically by your head, like near your pillow, which was kind of like, oh, I hope these waves aren't going into my brain, but whatever. Yeah. And then now we can have it on your nightstand. So, um, but Apple watch, I'm sure. And there's a bunch of sleep trackers that exist, but yeah, my like 30 minutes is a long time for me to fall. Asleep. Yeah. I think I can do, I think I probably average seven minutes maybe jesus yeah what the f- <laughs> well me and ben are just perpetually exhausted like i could uh-huh. like if you told me like you know a hundred dollars zero dollars a hundred dollars fall asleep right now it wouldn't take me very long yeah and i'm like wide awake right now um also you know I, I was pretty good before this but also i haven't had caffeine in years so that might be a small I factor. I find that yeah. to be the strangest thing about you, that you're an uncaffeinated Ben Hansen. Thank you. Like, that's... <laughs> I don't know how you get up and you're, like, doing all this and orchestrate. Like, I don't understand. But anyway, that's Ooh. not the guy's question. So, the end, I would say stay laying down because I think that's kind of what they advise you to do. Something that I like to do as well, um, but this does not work for everyone because you have to, like, know yourself, but um, I'll throw on, like, a TV show or something and fall asleep to that. Yeah. I know that might bother people with the light and the sound, but I actually find it fine um so those are probably my two suggestions for that yeah every time i i am in this situation which is pretty rare where it's like oh if i slept in late on a weekend or something you know then i'm trying to go to bed early uh, yeah i'll just get up and go watch a show or play a game or something and i think that's a better way to go but yeah what, what sarah and leo what are, what are you guys looking at i take like at least an hour an hour yeah i take at least an hour what the hell? Yeah, I'm like 45 minutes generally on a really, really good night where like I didn't eat anything for two hours mm-hmm. and I read yeah. a bunch before bed. It's like 20, 25 minutes. Really? What do you think that is? 
uh, we Genetics? know true pain and you simply don't. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a lot. You don't just like think about the universe and yeah, have existential crises before you go to bed. I think about Walk the through your whole life day by no, day. You that's, don't think about that one embarrassing thing you did that in is middle school the rest that you simply of never my, recover from? Yeah, that's the rest of my day. I don't need to do that when I'm sleeping. Sleeping's time yeah. for thinking about a pillow and falling asleep. That's the point. <laughs> it works out well. Yeah, just just even out the dread throughout your day, I guess. Mm-hmm. I will say, as, as someone who's experienced in this phenomenon then of 30 minutes having passed and feeling like I'm not tired at all, getting up helps. Like, just getting up and using the bathroom or getting a glass of water. Like, don't, like, get up and, you know, start doing stuff, really. <laughs> like, don't start using your computer or whatever. But I think getting up and walking around and just resetting and then reappreciating the comfort of being in your bed when you get back in, I think that helps a lot. There we go. Uh, White Max writes in and says, do you have any podcasts you wish you could be a guest on? Sure. Um, yeah, like, I really like uh, Waypoint's podcast. Yeah. Like, that'd be a cool one. Uh, Rebel FM is really cool, too. Ooh, uh, I will say I could... Like, and this isn't to like flex, but like, I feel like if I asked those people, I could probably go on, but I just don't feel like doing it right now because it's a lot of work. Like I've guested on a lot of podcasts outside of being on here and being on kind of funny and I yeah. really enjoy doing it and it's fun and you get to da, 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 expose yourself to new audience. But at the end of the day, it's usually additional labor that I'm not directly paid for. Sure. So I'm like, I'm not rushing to fill that calendar right now, but um, those so are you're saying you're just, you're really just too cool to be on those podcasts, which is a bold <laughs> take for this question, Janet. I'm too busy. Too busy. And, and also, usually, and I don't actually know if they pay guests, they might, but usually the stuff I have guested on that I'm not regularly on, like here and kind of funny, usually there is not any pay for it, right, which is right. fine, but also means that like, do you want to work for like one to two hours for free? Right, right. Uh, yeah. Um, like Rebel FM, I, I listened to that for years and years and it is just like, I don't know if you all have had this experience of like taking a break from a podcast and I just had a moment of like, are they still going? And went back and listened to like a new Rebel FM just a couple weeks ago and was like, that's so wild <laughs> to hear that like this entire time you've still been rolling out these episodes. Matt Chandrinay, I can still hear your voice on a weekly basis. This is amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm in the opposite camp where I would pay hundreds of dollars to be on some other podcasts <laughs> like i know the, the classic is like blank check like i want to be on blank check so bad and i want to do uh final fantasy spirits within and the director is just sakaguchi then just like his one film that he directed just dive in on that one because it is the ultimate blank check is all right mr final fantasy make your movie and boy did he um and that was like my that's probably my most anticipated movie of all time for how much i was like counting down the days and checking their teaser websites and stuff so, yeah, I'd love to be that on that one. But. I've always wanted to be on Comedy Bang Bang. I don't think I could be one of the, like, characters, but I could be the guest who helps ask the characters questions to reveal <laughs> things about their life. Oh, the easy one? The easiest role yeah. on Comedy Bang Bang? <laughs> that would be really fun. <laughs> it would be good. Yeah, it's always like, oh, it's always the most painful thing when that guest transitions to be a character themselves, and it's like, you shouldn't have done it. You should have just stayed as your normal self. You don't need to swing this hard. <laughs> Um, Sarah, have you always dreamed of being on 8-4 Play? <laughs> I didn't even know that there was a podcast associated with the position when I joined. Really? Uh, yeah, and the only reason I got on my first 8-4 Play episode was because it was Christmas. It was like Christmas Eve, and they didn't have enough people. Perfect. So they were like, okay, we only have like uh, like three people. Sarah, you're on the podcast this week. And I was like, oh my god, I'm on the podcast! <laughs> this is... 
weird and dorky, but like because I'm a big fan of that podcast and like you were on it for so long, like I do think it'd be kind of fun if you like went back and guessed it on an episode because they're recording it remotely now. You can jump in just yeah. as easily as anybody else. I'm not telling anybody what to do, but <laughs> they should reach out to you and ask if you want to come back on that show. I think it'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I think that's it for questions. Anybody got something for question of the week? I like the sleep one. It really I was thinking about that put down the dividing I, line. I really yeah. didn't realize man, it's like a competitive sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, it was refreshing to hear two people that aren't my boyfriend be frustrated about how fast I fall asleep. Right. He'll be up for, he's like, oh, I was I stay up so much longer than you. I'm like, you're just awake in secret. He's like, well, you fall asleep like instantly i'll just turn around and you've been out for hours (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right there we go uh it's hey it's the episode all about speed anyway right so let's talk about the speed again and there's no there's nothing to say that there's no connection to be made solo you're gonna win question of the week congratulations i'm 8-bit we'll ship out that wonderful prize thank you so much to everybody who submitted a question over on patreon we appreciate it now it's time for something we call get a load of this There it was, and now here it is. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to take the big stand. Um, get a load of this, everybody. Uh, the former Nintendo programmer, uh, Giles Goddard, uh, he finally tweeted out a GIF, and it's a GIF of his prototype for Zelda 64, eventually became Ocarina of Time, obviously, um, where he shows how the earliest prototype that he was working on for that game when he was working at Nintendo um, involved portals. It's like a weird crystal, and you go through the crystal, and you're teleported to a different part of the castle. Uh, He shared this GIF. A lot of people shared that news story. And that originally came, that idea that that was even in that prototype, uh, from our interview with uh, Giles. Giles, I forget now. I'm terrible. But uh, from earlier this year, we interviewed him about working at Nintendo, working with Miyamoto, working on Super Mario 64, like the development conditions for Super Mario 64. Uh, But I was just really happy that in that interview, we talked about this tech demo that he made for Zelda 64 that had these working portals before the game Portal. Um, And he's like, yeah, I think I have it on a computer. I don't know. I don't know. But apparently somebody then just asked him on Twitter, like, hey, you ever going to show those portals? He's like, yeah, here you go. And he just shared the GIF. And so (laughs) I just wanted to thank everybody in the community because it's like, oh, it's kind of cool that like, you know, people on Patreon support MinMax that allows us to exist and that resulted in that interview, which led to this. And so because of your support, a little more gaming history about Ocarina of Time was unearthed. So thanks, everybody, for completing the big circle. Uh, Sarah, you got something? Yeah, get a load of this. Let me know if you guys or anyone in the community plays this game. But I have discovered this game. It was released in 2019 called Day of Dragons. <laughs> That's not Which real. is a giant open world survival game where you play as a dragon and you get to choose your dragon clan and your dragon element, and you fight other dragons, which are other people. Um, and you can have, like, a dragon family, and have you can make dragon babies, which can also be other players. And essentially, you're just role-playing as dragons, oh trying to fight other dragons for, like, territory? <laughs> but I am constantly surprised, like... Creativity truly knows no bounds in gaming because these dragons look cool as hell. They look like Game of Thrones dragons. Huh. And you just fly around and you fight other people and it, make a dragon family. This is dangerously close to horse girl territory, you realize, Sarah. It's dragon it's like, girl territory. Yeah, dragon now. girl territory. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's the future. Day of Dragons. Are you actually going to keep playing this? 
I haven't. I literally just learned of it today, <laughs> okay. to be quite honest, and I am fascinated. Ooh, can you stream it next week for MinMax? Yeah, well, we'll see. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll try it out first. Okay. You know, I mean, it could sound better than it actually is. That's true. That's true. All right, that's fair. Uh, Leo? Get a load of this hot new video. Okay. Uh, it's called We Can Save FPS Games by the user Basically Homeless. It's a really interesting video that breaks down uh, the rise of cheating in FPS games over the past couple years, why, how it's gotten so bad, why the incentive is so much higher for people who create these hacks than it is for companies to effectively stop them. And it ends with like debuting this new technology they're working on that could actually stop it by using the same machine learning that these crazy FPS undetectable cheats have to detect whether they've been using machine learning aim just by like looking at the footage. Oh God. Mm -hmm. It's really fascinating. Yeah. It's super. Nothing nothing destroys an online competitive game more like than cheating in my opinion. So it's like a really big issue, especially with kind of like the PC cafes in South Korea where you can literally in China, where you can literally get a PC that already has cheats installed on it. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, like, you can go places. This was a huge issue with, like, Valorant and, you know, League of Legends and Overwatch, where, like, you can go to these places to play on a gaming PC that already has cheats installed, and you just kind of pay for it. But it's crazy. Yeah, it's not illegal. I mean, technically it is, but, like, how can they find you? They'll find you, but it's, like, you know, how, how are they going to get you, really? I mean, they'll get you, but, I mean, really, <laughs> it's really going to be that bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool. Link below for all this stuff. Uh, Janet? Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I'm, get a load of this. I don't know why mine, all of mine are, like, dark capitalism ones, Ooh. but it's just the stuff that comes across my desk. Um, so my brother put me on this article, and it is, Meet the guy who spends just $150 a year to eat all his meals at Six Flags. Yes. So this is this is a guy who said... <laughs> Look, I have all this debt. I'm t- I need to f- figure out a way to cut quarters here. And apparently he's like a five minutes or a five minute drive away from Six Flags. So he was like, you can get all around access, $150 unlimited year on access to Six Flags, which includes parking and two meals a day. So that's what he did. He did this for seven years. Uh, and in that time was able to pay down student loans, get married and buy a house. Um, so it is possible if you're willing to eat <laughs> Six Flags exclusively for seven consecutive years. That sounds like so a weird know. super size me challenge. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. what, like, the healthiest thing you could get at that Six Flags is for multiple meals oh, a the, day. The article does break down. It does mention how it was super unhealthy, but breaks down, like, some of what those meals look like and the yeah. combinations and things. But, yes, it is very. Um, God, what's the name of the super size me guy? I forget his name. Morgan Spurlock. No yeah, idea yeah. I like that. to hit 30 days. I don't think it goes on anymore, but um, the show afterwards, 30 days was also kind of an interesting look at those things. But. Yeah, I, I love that idea. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm a fan of anybody gaming the system like that. It's very, you know, punch drunk love with the pudding, the whole thing. But how does no one else catch on that that's an easy way to have free food for an entire year? Is it well, easy? living five <laughs> minutes from Six Flags is pretty situational? I guess mm-hmm, I yeah. guess that's true. Still, I don't know. It seems like more people w- would have done this. I feel like the money they make tricking people into buying this pass probably offsets this man coming into their park and yeah. like eating twice a day. I think if it's just somebody did it, it would be an issue. Right, right. But I think it's like one of those like, you know, lost. You're like, eh, it's probably not. Yeah. 
That's, yeah, I wonder if he's just like on a first name basis with everybody at those weird food stalls. <laughs> Six Flags, like what For a seven weird, years. Yeah, what a weird life. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able no. to eat the same food, even if you could like spice it up every other day. I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, do you think he's just bringing just crazy hot sauce just to pour on their chicken strips? Every just yeah, like he probably trying brings anything. his own sauce or something. Yeah, I'd bring like a little to go. I would just bring a to go container. Right. So I wouldn't have to stay there. I would just like. I wonder how often he's riding the ride. Why is there? Like, I, let me just jump I in the think, raging bull. Yeah. I think I saw someone on TikTok who was doing this, and they came when the park opened at like nine, and they would ride rides until like ten or eleven when the food stands opened, and then they would get their food and leave. So <laughs> it's a good life. You can live it. Uh, hey, get a load of this. Uh, everybody shares it. Get a load of this in the community all day, every day in the private Discord. Which you get access to if you support us at any tier on Patreon. Um, and Riley Autumn shared this one uh, saying, get a load of this. Timothy Chalamet had a YouTube channel making custom 360 controller designs over a decade ago. <laughs> so Timothy Chalamet, famous actor at this point uh, in Dune, all that other good stuff. Little Women. Um, but people have been, there's been this weird <laughs> crusade where I think at some point he mentioned in an interview that he used to mod 360 controllers and then everyone's been trying to find his YouTube channel. People eventually did based on the scar on his hand, which is so weirdly specific. And so now his old YouTube channel, which is modded controller 360 has more subs than MinMax's YouTube channel. <laughs> and it's just a bunch <laughs> of old videos. Here's, here's him talking. Can the videos be monetized? It's good this YouTube. Point? This is Modic Controller 360 with the controller of the week. Uh, here's Red Tiger. Uh, started it today. Oh, uh, yesterday. Finished it today. It looks nice. It looks sexy. One of our greatest thespians mm, there, nope, Timothy nope, Chalamet. Nope, Nothing done. sexier you're than done. a Red Tiger 360 people... controller. No, whenever people talk about tech as being sexy, I just... <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten mm. away from that to some extent. But anyways, yeah, there's no, a link below if you want to go. Okay, I do, sir. All right, that's it, everybody. Um, thank you for watching or listening to the MinMax Show podcast. Um, plug, stuff to see, stuff to do. Janet, what do you got going on in your life? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, over on my site, pen2pixels.com, uh, well, I have my Just Dance first impressions up, but I also have my um, updated list the best games of 2021 so far my current top 10 we'll see if anything can break through or if there's any more reshuffling i'm going to post my last one probably like december or something sweet so uh go check that out cool sarah what do you got going on you can find me on twitch at sarapods or also on twitter at sarapods i stream games a lot on twitch we're finally out of our horror games so gonna be checking out that new animal crossing update soon very excited very excited for the game to be finally finished so <laughs> perfect that sounds great uh leo your new horror video about scaring kids is up now yes thank you for the good plug for it also tell me what i should do with my youtube playbook oh yeah oh, congratulations again. congratulations this thank is the you. humble break episode can you use it as a charcuterie board we had that exact idea it's a good idea it is a good idea it's so shiny and silver I don't want to get salami grease over it, but I kind <laughs> right, of do. Right. So you're looking for something silly conceptually to do with it, but not, like, destroy it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I Although I could just order another one. Okay. Can you, like, drill it in and make it, like, your toilet seat cover or something? Is it big enough for that? How much That's was good. it? Can I ask how much it was to order? It was free. If I wanted to order oh. another one, it's, like, $40 or something. What? That's not too bad. Just to yeah. keep getting them for every room of the what house. What if you just kept? Or what if we just like kept 
getting you them more and more. What if that was uh, your okay. Christmas present? There's another YouTube play button. Every holiday. And then not just a charcuterie board, but plates. Yeah. Right, right. Every meal. You can be the new Six Flags guy. <laughs> it's kind of your thing. What uh, a savings. Oh, you should take it to Target with you. Put it in the little thing like a child. <laughs> oh. Take it shopping in the gaming section. <laughs> uh, you got you to show everybody the the label on there, Leo. The, the text oh. on there. Like Read the message. Yeah. But it's on there. It's Le- a- presented to Leo in his little videos. <laughs> so really, How long did it take you to come up with that? <laughs> it's kind of was already in my prestige TV video. So I kind of reappropriated it from that. Well, there we go. Perfect. A little homage to myself. For myself. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Leo. We're all very jealous. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. We have Extra Life coming up this Saturday, everybody. That is going to be the biggie. Raising money for the Children's Hospital here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, it is going to be happening on MinMax's YouTube channel. It's going to be simulcast on Game Informer's YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be joined by folks from Easy Allies. There's going to be a lot of segments, a lot of charity auctions. Uh, we are auctioning off the Inside Collector's Edition from I Am 8-Bit, which is awesome if you've never seen it uh persona 5 vinyl uh the Mega Man x cartridge fun stuff like that from our friends at i am 8-bit also white max in the min max community made a custom min max themed game boy advance that we're going to be auctioning off along with uh, pokemon fire red which looks fantastic um my dad has been making cribbage boards out of wood for my entire life uh so we're going to be auctioning off one of those this one here so we'll be auctioning off a don hansen cribbage board if you're interested so if you're a nerd out there and you want to play cribbage on a piece of wood from the land where i grew up you can do that uh and we're gonna have a schedule uh we'll share it with everybody for when these auctions are happening all that stuff we also have t-shirts showing off the cross promotion stuff the folks from easy allies i think this is a bold move they say they're auctioning off rufus uh, a soundless version of Rufus, which is a very important part of that podcast, so please look forward to that. Um, we also have donation incentives, Leo. Like, you can shave our head for $2,000. I've been growing my hair out. Literally, my hair has never been longer. Well, wow. since I've been an adult. And so you can shave my head, or you can give me any haircut you want. Really, just just go to town. We'd, we'd enjoy it. Um, and that's all going to charity, obviously. And the final third of the stream... Uh, is going to be in the MinMax studio. So if you wanted more of those in-person streams, that's going to be happening for the final third, for the final stretch overnight. It's going to be silly. We're going to have guests rotating through. Leo will be here. Ben Reeves will be here. And then a bunch of fun guests coming through. Um, And Leo, we have an extra donation incentive happening. And I'm curious how you feel about it at this point. Yeah. So we thought it would be a fun thing to do for donation incentive. And so I ended up buying a waxing starter kit off Amazon. Um, and you can donate to charity and uh, we will wax parts of our body on stream, do the full rip off thing, which I've never done. Leo, have you oh my done? God, you're going to hurt yourselves. No. Yeah, so uh, we're going to do legs and armpits will be on the chopping block. If anybody wants to donate to charity and watch us uh, rip our hair off um, for a good cause. Hey, it's for the kids. Mm-hmm. I was Here's much more game to eat a bug, eat a pepper, anything like that. This is Just the most intimidating thing read so the far. directions. Please read couple, the directions. Let's okay. say a few of them get redeemed, right? Let's say you do like one armpit or like part of your leg or something. Right. 
Are you going to even it out, like, off stream, you know, even if it doesn't, if you, are you going to stay uneven? That's a good question. I, maybe I would, for, like, armpit, maybe I would, like, shave the other armpit or right. something. Yeah, I wouldn't do the, the full rip off stream or anything. Yeah, that's the thing, Sarah, is, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun and silly. And then, like, a friend of mine uh, who's a lady is like, mm-hmm. are you nuts? Like, you will genuinely rip your skin out. Like, you need to, yeah, like, be careful. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Read the direction. Look at Leo's face. He's so scared. <laughs> Like, this is like my horror fear now is that we're going to like rip off our armpit hair and it's just going to be yeah. like all of our skin, okay. just like a chunk of our don't skin it, coming Don't out. let it dry completely or else you won't be able to get it off. Oh my God. It still has to be slightly warm okay. before you pull it up. You let it cool completely. Right. You'll be using scissors. Oh my God. Hey, Actually, don't eat the chair. No, this is going to be great, Leo. This is going to be great. This Saturday, the big charity stream is for the kids. You can't say no. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for watching or listening. Tune into our YouTube channel this Saturday, please, for the big Extra Life charity stream. And thank you to everybody who supports us at the $50 tier on Patreon. Of course, you know who I'm talking about. It's Synced Up Podcast. Timmy Ty, oh no. Fixer Gaming, Fixer S1. I am 8-Bit. Zachary Pliggy, Ludwig Roque, Brian with a Y, Andrew Valla, Beaten Down Brian, PrettyGoodPrinting.com, Joar Hello, Mark Seliga, John Higby, Mirko Rico Torano, Connor McCabe, Drew Oranis, Dan Valone, Steve Bamdad, Pure Red Number 6, Clement Zobel, Ted Riser, Starkiller, Spider Dance, Spiraling Rise, Premier Legata, General Nadine 99. Thank you so much, everybody. Be good, have fun, let's go. Let's go.